Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Well, folks, welcome back to the podcast, the show here, the thing that we do every week and stuff on the internet. I am Tiana Taylor's abs, or Big Sean's abs. Hold on, Big Sean's abs? Oh, yeah, the dog's got him. Okay, I must have missed something on Instagram. All right. A buy and a tri set. Okay. And a pan set. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go off in. I am uh, the Black Annie, and this is The Read. Thanks for coming back. It is indeed. Thank you. For coming to join us on our program. And we're going to start with the Black Excellence as we do every week. And this week it goes to a 15-year-old best-selling author by the name of Osir Black. A uh, sophomore in high school, he has published his own book called Love Letters to My Son, which is a series of letters from Black mamas to their sons. Oh my God, really? Right? <laughs> for your heart. Oh, that is so sweet. I thought it was like letters to his son. <laughs> right. Like I was taking it very literally. <laughs> right. I mean, I understand how you would. Um, so yeah, he says that this book was inspired by his uh, late grandmother, Sally Morris Red. She was an English teacher in Henry County, Virginia. And behind, she left a bunch of letters that were dedicated to her family when she passed and had a profound impact on... <sighs> On Osir himself, right? Isn't that like some like like black family film? Yeah, like (laughs) what? Um, so yeah, he decided to connect with a bunch of uh, black moms, including his own, and Mm -hmm. got this these letters that he's published uh, that were written to their kids. It says the book addresses racial and social justice issues because I forgot to mention this (laughs) was also done in part. Part of last year when, you know, we all had mm-hmm. time on our hands because of the Pantene Pro-V. Right. So, um, he said, it says that it also touches on mental health issues, financial literacy. Um, and he says, it's not just black moms, not just sons, but I really just wanted people to understand the mindset that mothers are teaching their sons. No matter how smart I am, no matter what I'm doing in my life, like my mom said, the first thing that people see is my skin color. It's important for people to read and take in what these mothers are saying. I also read that he is planning a follow-up book that it's going to be uh, letters from sons to their moms. 
Mm. Uh, but I also would love to read more of these books, like from moms all over the damn world uh, to all kinds of kids and with all kinds of experiences. And I'm just all in for black mamas that give a fuck anyway, because that's where the warmth <laughs> is. I mean, true. that's where you can find the light in the tunnel. Got that's true. But this is really beautiful. And yeah, if you if you ever do like look up some of these different, you know, letters to my unborn and then like people do a follow up when the kid turns 21 or whatever. And it's just like my fucking First of heart, all, you man. give a fuck. Right. <laughs> right. Hmm, this is uh, this feels really magical right here. What I'm yeah. what I'm witnessing y'all go through. So I love this idea. I cannot wait to support Yes, you can grab a copy for yourself on OCR's website, which I will put a link to in the description. But it is O-C-I-R, O-C-I-R-J-A-R-O-N-I-N-C.com. OCR Jaron or Jaron Inc. Got you. Um, so you can go on over there. And you can also, I love that on the website, he has a, a tab for Meet the Moms. Where you could like see pictures of all the moms who are included in the book, and they got like a full little photo shoot <laughs> yes. outside. Somewhere. Oh, <laughs> like, I love that because I know they pose it exactly, exactly. <laughs> like they, some of them like fully got into it and were like, "Oh yes, that's me." I'm sure a star. am. Oh, okay, what you said for a book? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go, girl. I need to go shopping. I need something new because I'm finna be in a book, bitch. <laughs> Yes. So, um, yeah, shout out to this young man and his efforts and North Carolina, where he's from. Hey, y'all, this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding a work-life balance can be tough. Okay. If anybody knows, I know. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. If you don't know, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to your time, all in one place. With the new guided design Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website that's optimized for every device and make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and in certain countries, you can give customers the chance to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. Y'all know I love Squarespace. I used it to put our website together. This is 3.com. I've also used it on my personal website, crystal.com. And that is because, first of all, it's very easy to use if you ever need to update it. It's simple to log in, make whatever updates you can make or whatever you need to do without knowing any code or anything like that. And it helps me to just stay organized, do everything I need to do. Because you got to have a web presence, okay? It's 2024. You got to have a web pre- web presence. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash three to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Let them know Kid Fury and Crystal sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, y'all, listen, we all know that life is full of the yada, yada, yada. You know, sometimes you sign up for a contract one place and then in order to get out of it, you got to send a million letters and go up there in person. And it's just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Like this could have been easier. Okay, we've all dealt with the yada, yada before when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in fine print or, you know, even bills that just seem to keep going up every month for no dang reason. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then they charge you for every little thing until... You might as well have just booked your ticket somewhere else. 
but it is possible to outsmart the yada yada, like triple checking airline deals and making sure everything you need is already included. So remember, you don't have to take the yada yada in life and you don't have to take it from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. So stop by one of the over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide to sign up today. Um, Beautiful. all right, let's start our pop culture garbage. This segment is called Hot Tops, Four Bottoms in a Funeral. And <laughs> that is also the name of a film that I'm currently writing about four bottoms that don't know that they're all dating the same top, who like then, um, fakes his own death so yes. they go to his funeral and then they find out that they were all being scammed by the same nigga and mm-hmm. then he's like on the road with his new bottom so then the four bottoms like join up to hunt <laughs> him down and kill him um <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely a twist on a on an old premise but yeah. I like it <laughs> and I'm excited for this script <laughs> I'm completely lying. I just thought of that right now. You gave but somebody a, a great idea, a billion dollar idea. <laughs> I've actually never seen four weddings and a funeral. Me either. I assume it's about weddings and a funeral, but yeah, I, they're probably could not actually. Somehow. I can't tell you who's in that movie, and I cannot tell you the plot. I'm just gonna guess Tom Hanks. Uh, let's see who's in it. <laughs> I, it feels Tom Hanksy. This is what happens when Google Four is free. weddings. People just be they looking really up is. any old damn But thing. y'all bitches don't use it. I'm trying to encourage y'all hoes because you be the ones who be trying to forget like it doesn't exist. Hugh Grant. Oh, same thing. Same whatever. thing, yeah. British Tom Hanks. Is he gay? Or did he just play gay at one time? I don't think so. Time? Did he play something gay? Am I thinking of somebody who looks like Hugh Grant but is gay? Probably. Because you know how I am with white boys. So let's just move yes. on. Mm. <laughs> I forgot that Wikipedia puts like people's signature on their page sometimes. Oh yeah, which is like why a little <laughs> weird. Yeah, but look up Hugh Grant's. Just if you ever feel like it, go to his Wiki page and see his signature. Because I used to take mine so seriously when I was like, like eleven, twelve, and I was like trying to like get a signature in my life for whatever <laughs> fuck reason. Because he was asking me to sign. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I really trying to get it. I was like really trying to make a signature that like looked cute and somewhat like oh, my name. No. And here's this 60-year-old man's. <laughs> that nigga said, fuck it. I don't care. Get out of my face. This is not a signature. He just made his mark. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> that is just it a symbol. Is. That's a spasm. That's that's like Lord. Did you even try? <laughs> what is that? Ugh. <laughs> like, uh. I hope they're lying on you, uh, Hugh Grant. So this week, um, some things happened, not many. Uh, y'all know how I get at this old age that I'm in. I scour and I try to give a fuck. D'Angelo had a versus mm-hmm. against nobody. Right. I t- <laughs> First of all, I heard about this I think as it was happening and I haven't spent much time on social media over the past like month, two months, you know, I dip in and dip out when I feel like I need uh, things for work. Um, However, I saw nothing about this until Mm -hmm. I feel like the night of, and um, it was referred to, I think as uh, D'Angelo 
and friends or yeah. D'Angelo, something like that. But it was under the versus moniker. So I don't know if this is like a filler episode or a, <laughs> or what it's like. Because it was just D'Angelo and niggas that were willing to come through for D'Angelo. Like Meth Amanda Redman, her mm-hmm. performed. Who else was there? Um, yeah, I was gonna say, I think that's all I can remember off the top of my head, too. Three friends. Okay, so, um, <laughs> like, I saw clips of it. D'Angelo was there, still looks like D'Angelo. Um, he was dressed like Erica Badu, which I enjoyed. He was. And sounded like D'Angelo. Like, I mean, hits. Like, I guess if he forgot. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> like, was definitely him singing over the track. So I was kind of like, what is the point? Because yeah. you're kind of already there. And I didn't really like the the versus format without somebody to go up against. Because this is now just a concert. Yeah, it's just a, a concert. Yeah, so... A I, tiny I, desk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a tiny desk, but on stage at the Apollo. Um, but with that said, I do still enjoy myself because D'Angelo does have hits. Uh, there you go. I Period. Mean, so, you know. <laughs> I feel like the people at Versus were probably leaning into that fact, too. Right. And But I thought I saw something that said it was originally supposed to be him versus Maxwell on Valentine's Day. But then Maxwell, something on Maxwell's end fell through. So you it ended up funny, being this. The funny thing is when I was looking at uh, clips of it... Um, I saw a comment from someone that was like, damn, girl, did Maxwell have something to do or something like that? And I thought, oh, that would have been um, a good yes, one. Maxwell but did maybe have it was. <laughs> I actually do think that is what happened. Um, maybe he had COVID, but he didn't want people to know like Ashanti. Yeah. Lord. I mean, you never know, honestly, with these celebrities. It could be anything. But yeah, I think I would have preferred to see that. I would have preferred to see two artists um, going back and forth, but you know, me and my wife still had a good old any right. last time, so it was fine. If for nothing else, but you get twice the hits, you know, and, that is, and true. that is a to <laughs> the brim glass of wine. Thank you, friend. I want you bitches to understand that this bitch <laughs> just pulled her wine glass into the frame of this. I bitch. did actually do and that, and I'm talking about a cup overflowing. <laughs> like I did actually do that. There was like. I would say a little over a, qu- a third of the bottle left. And I just, if I knew, I knew if I poured one glass, it wasn't really going to be enough to sustain another glass. That is yeah. not the way I pour. So I was just like, let yeah. me just, let me just quit bullshit. And like, I'm not going to finish it and just pour the whole bitch. Thank you. It is very full. Cheers. There's nothing in that glass. Of wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a glass Thank half you. empty or full. Thank that you. is an entire glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Well, Yes, I too enjoyed uh, D'Angelo's efforts as, um, you know, rustled together as it felt. It really felt like somebody called D'Angelo. Like, <laughs> if the show was Sunday, they called him like Saturday evening. Lord. They were like, hey, girl, you in Harlem? But <laughs> yeah, it was still I mean, nice. I understood what they were trying to do with the set design and all that. That really, I mean, it didn't really curl all the way over for me. But again, what were they trying to do with it? I mean, it was like, you know, think, <laughs> think Erica Badu, like think that whole set of mm. niggas, but then also trying to like vibey, make make a studio space or something real vibey and shit. So they bringing in like throw rugs and random printed yeah. shit and and them electric candles 
that um, they just have a switch at the bottom <laughs> so you don't burn nothing down. <laughs> All that shit on top of like velvet. <laughs> you know they got those from the local church because the church has a surplus of those. Listen, <laughs> Apollo went around the corner to Abyssinia and said, I that know y'all got <laughs> some of them candles. <laughs> and they brought Reverend Butts brought it right on down. That's what happened. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I haven't heard talk of what's supposed to be next, because I feel like at this point, they probably just have, like, they probably just have them booked through the summer, you know? <laughs> that way that they, they can plan for something yeah. when, the, you know, the celebrity inevitably inevitably has some issue probably. where they have to cancel at the last minute. So... <laughs> I don't know. They probably already started stirrings of whoever the fuck is coming up next. I'm, again, I'm kind of surprised that they're still happening, but y'all are enjoying them. Every time they happen, they're just like, yeah, it broke, it broke the latest Instagram records or Instagram live records. So Yeah, I think we'll have one or two more, but as more people get vaccinated, niggas is going to start going to real shows again. So. <laughs> like, this was nice and really I appreciate it, but I want to go to a real show real bad. And the moment that these same niggas getting booked for verses can have a real show, Nigga. that's exactly like, <clears throat> yeah, we already. But they'll probably turn it into like a a TV show or something. Like I honestly feel like Swiss Beats and Timbaland have already finessed their way in keeping verses alive for the next decade. Yeah, which like I'm not mad at because like. I feel like most of the time when they're announced or whatever, I'm like, okay, y'all have fun. And it's not because I don't like the artist or whatever. It's just because I don't feel like sitting in front of my phone or my iPad or whatever to watch a concert. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. I I, I airplay straight to my TV. Yeah. I figure a lot of y'all use a fire stick or whatever else, and I'm just not doing all of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or I download the Apple Music app on the TV. Right. But still. But- Sometimes it's a pairing or, or something where I'm like, uh, I will I will absolutely watch it. Like when Jill Scott and Erica Badu uh, did theirs, I was like, I can't miss that. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was good, too. So, you know, again, y'all are enjoying it. Um, and they seem to be helpful for the artists, especially during, you know, the pandemic, the pandemic era. Mm-hmm. So. The streams go up every time for everybody. Truly. Um, well, Bobby Schmarter is officially out of prison. Uh, he was mm, It went exactly up. like we thought it would. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, did we script that release? Because it went, like, word for word the way we said it would. Um, he was scooped up from the Clinton Correctional Facility last Tuesday by his very good Judy Quavo of the Migos. <laughs> and he was flown home on a on a private jet with his homies. Mm-hmm. And um saw he had like a little coming home uh, function with, you know, the fam bam, God babies <laughs> and cousins and aunties, play aunties, mm-hmm. you know, everybody who was willing to come through. Mm-hmm. And in most of the photographs I've seen of this nigga since he's released, he is wearing a mask. Will God not I just... I saw that same thing. <laughs> I saw that same... I saw that nigga wearing a mask in the club. I said, oh, this is a different man. This is not the same Bobby that got locked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
He had an interview with GQ. I'm guessing like the day after, if he was released Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Like the girls wasted no time right. to be in this man's face, and I would have told them honestly, "Give me a su- do you know that I was in jail? <laughs> <laughs> like, can you give me a week, girl, to just air like, out? <laughs> can I just run to the bodega and get all of my favorite just because snacks? Because I can't. Can I just, just get up like, and move can from room you to fuck room? Off? <laughs> God damn. I heard that he um he had his mama cook him a bunch of oxtail and he was just eating like hella oxtail. And oh my And honestly, that's relatable as fuck. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like six back to back years without oxtail and then getting that first official right. plan. And it's your mama's too. It's almost like my life in Manhattan up to this point. <laughs> True. <laughs> Those facts. Because <laughs> I have not had Jamaican food in the city since Pinky's Why burned down. Why try? For what? <laughs> Literally <laughs> not since Pinky left and went to Atlanta and started Slutty Vegan and now she's like a trillionaire. Have exactly. I had Jamaican left food in, in the, the dust. city? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and I'm not even Jamaican, so I can only imagine your pain, friend. I'm sorry. It blows and thankfully like you know black mamas when their kid uh moves away a lot of them when they come home to visit are like i made your Mm -hmm. favorite thing in the world to eat because black (laughs) so here you are like you literally haven't even put your bag down you come in and they just hand you a plate of whatever you love so when i go home sometimes my mama loves knows how much i love not only oxtail but hers Mm mm-hmm and so she'll be like, oh, yeah, I cooked every ox that I could find in a while. <laughs> I read it was 50 pounds of oxtail. I'm like, my God, this is a, this is a, a homecoming if I have ever seen one. That's when you pack it up and you put it in the fridge. Okay. And by two hours later, all of that oil and fat has, has turned into like yep, a gelatin. Solidified, yep, right there at the top. <laughs> like a, and you better leave no it. Good. <laughs> you don't, don't do nothing with that's Don't your do gravy. nothing with it. <laughs> <laughs> See the children, they don't know. They be scraping that shit and dumping the trash girl. That's all because you don't have people that care about you <laughs> to tell you otherwise. Take a good old glob of that and you drop it on your rice and you put it in the microwave. Ooh, and that's There's all you need. And that will last you seven and a half hours. Because <laughs> anybody say it was healthy, ho. Eat the food. <laughs> what healthy? That didn't even come up. Like Shut up. Did nobody even bring that up? It's an ox's tail. <laughs> It, it tastes too good to be worrying about whether it's healthy. It's Mind your so business. Good. I'm sorry, Bobby Schmerder, that we left your celebration and talk about the majesty of oh, but But you know. He just, clearly knows. It it really changed my life. <laughs> it did. Um so he told GQ that his experience, uh, six years in jail, uh caused him to take his music career more seriously. The uh, you know, the fact that he's a role model, apparently, because he said he got a, a letter in, in jail from, like, a six-year-old. What? I mean, clearly from, like... Six years ago. You know, no, well, I don't know if it was six years ago, but I'm assuming that child lives in, like, you know... What's the, um, why am I forgetting the name of this? That child is from Brownsville. Oh, like, I was, was going to say, you either say in Brownsville or East New York. Maybe I was bush. really, if like, East New York was what came up <laughs> to my mind first. But I was like, no, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the place where my cousins live. Brownsville. So, 
Yeah. That child obviously, you know, has parents that listen to fun music. Yeah. And are probably also like 27. I mean, um, you know, whatever it takes for Bobby to feel like he wants to change his behavior and model something better for the kids. That's fine. Apparently on a FaceTime uh, with Meek Mill, he also said that he's done with jail. He said, quote, I'll be, be- I'll be light-skinned in Jamaica before I go back. <laughs> <laughs> Not just light-skinned, I'm mad that I immediately understood in Jamaica. I didn't have to ask any questions. Um, <laughs> He said, look, I might have took a charge and not snitched and all that shit before I did all that G code, yeah. bro code bullshit. I'm not doing none of that shit again. You niggas are going to jail if it come to me versus you, girl. Bobby Smarter was born in Miami? <gasps> he's your cousin. Are we cousins? Why do we think he's from New York? I mean, because he was raised in Brooklyn. Oh, he was, he was raised in, in Brooklyn. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, it's like how Kanye was born in Oklahoma. Nobody knows that. His daddy's Jamaican. Okay. Yeah, he was absolutely like referencing the bleaching that takes place <laughs> in certain places of Jamaica and really plenty of the Caribbeans, Africa, and other places with He's dark not skin doing people. It. He's not doing it. <laughs> Which, fair. Great. And that's what I want to hear, young man. You know, fuck all that going back to jail shit. Make your songs. And yeah. um and do all of that. Mm-hmm. Live your nice little cute legal life. <laughs> um come on, East Flatbush. Why don't I just ride into Brooklyn and get Jamaican food? It's right there. Like it's right there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you wanted Jamaican food in the city, Brooklyn is absolutely your best bet. Period. It, Nobody will argue. It's my bet. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's actually my soul bet. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, there's good Jamaican food in Queens because there's Jamaicans in Queens too. I mean, and but. I'm lying. It's a good Jamaican spot in Harlem um, by my old apartment. But, you know, I'm just exaggerating. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So, love is in the air for Lil Uzi Vert and JT. No, it's Apparently, not. Apparently, <laughs> they're um, out in the open. In a good space for now. Uh-uh. Um, just today, the 1st of March. <laughs> <laughs> and like right after midnight too. I'm guessing in the studio or running around drunk in Miami somewhere. Um, Louise Vert tweeted, JT is the one with a bat emoji, which immediately made me concerned. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. What do that mean? Because immediately I thought of that Batgirl, um, not Batgirl from the movie or the thing, but the prom dress girl. Do you remember who I'm talking about? No. The girl who had somebody hand sew her prom dress. But when they got it, when she got it, it was more like a bat costume instead of a dress. You don't remember this? I have no idea. Okay. Like 10 people will remember this meme. But anyway, I don't, I don't know what the bat means. (laughs) I'm picturing for some reason that one time where Wally Coyote got that outfit from Acme that was like a bat and he tried to fly and then uh, hilarity. (gasps) Rihanna is the one who did it. This was 2014. Oh, okay. Never mind. This was when Rihanna used to drag her fans all the time or anybody who talked crazy to her. Um, So, um, 
Wait, is this a copycat of Rihanna's outfit? You <gasps> still? It is. Oh it's a copy of Rihanna Rihanna's still outfit. does that. <laughs> oh, I have to send you this. I'm so sorry. I'm so and they sorry. love it. Are You're you kidding me? You're about to be me? deeply upset with me for what I'm finishing your direction, but. I have seen hood prom dresses. So, so this bring was, it on. I mean, this was probably not even Rihanna making fun of her as much as she's making fun of the dress. Cause um, it's the difference. so, but yeah, you finna see. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Oh God. <laughs> Check your iMessage. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Okay. So, <laughs> so when you said when when I saw that bat emoji, I was like, "Is he trying to tell me that she has like an outfit like that?" Like what? I actually remember this now. Right I did now, this. you do. Yeah, now you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what, girl? Your prom was unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> that sad face that Rihanna tweeted. <laughs> It's actually all coming back. Like, <gasps> I remember that day. This was 2014. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so JT is the one bad. <laughs> then someone was talking about... <laughs> what does the bat mean? I'm not 100% sure yet. Like, I think one of y'all will probably be able to tell me. Like yeah, I don't speak Lil Uzi Vert. But some... Weird fans were like, oh, no, his last, his ex-girlfriend was the love of his life or something like that. And he said, I had to be real with myself. I love JT and y'all will too. Bad. Um, what does that mean? Okay. All right. He also said at the same time, 2.36 a.m., my dark queen. Bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, please. I assume. Please don't let that- it be a skin tone thing. Yeah, no. We're going to say that dark in this sense means, like, mysterious and possibly dangerous. Seductive. Like the Dark Knight. Yeah. You know? Like Batwoman. She's Batgirl. She's like Batwoman. Okay. All right. That's what it is. Okay, That's no, the Bat right. right. Dark Queen. That's what it is. Okay. Don't even tell me. I mean, y'all don't even have to give me an answer anymore. <laughs> I'm right. Just let us I'm think right. this, please. Let us think He's it. He's just saying that she's, like, his superhero. Yeah. She also tweeted a few. Okay. Was this the same day? She tweeted, I love crab legs. And then he retweeted and said they're on the way. And then posted a video of her eating the crab legs that he got for her. Something else about buying her her first Birkin. Um, Oh, and my favorite were these back to back tweets where he said, Turn to hoe to a housewife. And she said, Turn to trick to my husband. Hood love is so entertaining. Like it's just so like, and that like, and that that is them showing love to one another. It is like I don't maybe like maybe dead serious. Yeah, that is actual. Like that is a perfect example of hood love. I just um, I have to say that I would have never picked (laughs) JT and Lil Uzi Vert. Like I just would have never seen these two. Having the kind of connection they have where JT has like showed her ass on the internet multiple times behind this man, like got in her feelings and got on Twitter Mm. about it behind this nigga. Like I just would have, I don't know, like maybe because I only know Lil Uzi Vert through like 
random clips of him that go viral <laughs> and the fact that he kind of dresses like a preschooler. Like that's the only reason I, I love... know anything about him. I don't really listen to his music, so. But the I, mean, I like his music. The aesthetic like, I would have never thought was you, JT. Yeah. I would have thought JT was more like a what's that nigga? Um, I don't. Yes, you do. That nigga that Trina used to date. What? That nigga. Trina's dated a couple. Wayne? Oh no, you're right. No, oh hell no, 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 no. You know what? It'll come to me. I'll think. Of it. <laughs> Trina dated Wayne. She's dated Kenyon Martin. She dated French Montana, I think, for a little bit. Uh, no, this is a black man and he fine. Oh, well. God damn it. When it comes to me, I will dating. yell it out and you're going to be like, oh my God, how did I forget? Blah, I blah, blah rap nigga. Dave East. <laughs> oh, did she date Dave East? Yeah, Dave East. That's who it was, right? I yeah. guess. I mean, I just would have, I think I would have pictured JT with somebody like him or like uh, a pro athlete. I just would not have pictured her with somebody who looks like Lil Uzi Vert. But if y'all like it, I love it. (laughs) I just wouldn't have seen her being like, that's the nigga for me. That's my type. That pussy speak Lil Uzi. I just wouldn't have called that. I think Uzi is like cute underneath all of the things he did to himself. I don't think he's ugly. I've never been a fan of of face tats. Right. And then, you know, <laughs> then we discussed the whole him putting a $24 million rock in the middle of his face on some WandaVision <gasps> shit. And that doesn't make any sense to me either. I'm sorry. I completely forgot that he did that. <laughs> yeah, that he is, you know, Is it still in his now. face? <laughs> I guess. Oh I feel like God. it's not going to be able to stay there because I just believe. Like, <laughs> I myself am not a scientist. But I feel like the human body, specifically the face, is not made to just have rocks in it forever. Yeah. So. How long do you go without getting your face completely wet until the rock has set? I just, like, I don't it, know. <laughs> this stuff just, just don't feel safe at all. I like JT. I think she's very pretty. I like the way she raps. She's from Miami like me. Um... And she doesn't really seem like, you know, she seemed like a nice kid. Um, but like you mentioned, I feel like the only reason I have a, a brow raise is because up until this point, it was like most of the time, or the only time we ever heard about their relationship was when they were like upset at each other. Right. Or, you know, or something like that. Which was like, I like the fact that I guess it happened and was very private and they were doing whatever they were doing. On their own, yeah. But they would get into it or whatever, and then there would be subtweets and, and now, shit like yeah, that. and now the whole internet is involved. But I saw them like I saw another clip of them like out. It looked like maybe they were went shopping together or something. I've never if, seen a video of them together. Maybe I need to start looking at the Shea Room. Like I think that they're I think once or twice whole, a week. Like we're in a good place. <laughs> publicly thing is a little new like i said okay because it sounded like they were just minding their business and then like if jt got in her feelings then she might be like fuck that nigga lose her or something like i don't know there was a time where there was a time that i feel like jt was 
I feel like what what started this drama online had nothing to do with Lil Uzi Vert and someone else brought him up or something. But there was a time where Carisha chimed in and was like, fuck y'all. I don't, y'all don't even know what y'all talking about. Uzi be up. Uh, oh my <laughs> Uzi God. be up her pussy like a tampon. You remember when she said that? Not only do I remember, I took a screenshot of it. And the other day I was cleaning out my phone and I found it. And I was disgusted all over again. Why did we yeah. need to know he was in her like a tampon? And of course she deleted it. But like, why did we ever need to know that i mean i don't think that she meant sexually like no i don't think so either which is like (laughs) i'm even more grossed out (laughs) yeah girl i am intrigued by the relationship (sighs) and if she's happy i'm happy for her i'm not the one who's going to bed with i mean right exactly it doesn't i i can't say even now that i can still see it but you know, people meet and they click all time for all different kind of reasons. So, God bless them. I hope they happy. I honestly think they're a cute couple, aside from the fact that <laughs> Uzi could be cuter. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I think he's actually good looking, but like I just without I, the face, especially when you're cute. Like it drives me nuts, bro. Yeah. Like especially when you have a nice face, he has nice teeth, and then you just be like. Fuck that. <laughs> God, <laughs> like, God held you down. And you like, no, no, no thanks. I'm just <laughs> like, going to play etch a sketch. And you know what? That's your right. <laughs> but I understand that's my personal opinion because there's so many niggas out here with their, like, face tatted up and all that other shit. And they're barely recognizable underneath it. And they have no shortage of pussy. So it's clearly not, you yeah, know. Yeah, you know, that's definitely majority. a, not even a majority, but, you know. You find the people who like it. And that's all that really matters. Right. <laughs> and it's not like that nigga is finna go, you know, apply for a job down to Albertsons or Target anytime soon. So if you JT like is it. so pretty. She is. JT is really, really beautiful. <laughs> like, and so I just, she, once again, I was just so, just, you know, befuddled. <laughs> but it's fine. But that's not even an all. That's not even an unfamiliar thing in terms of like it's these hip hop relationships that, either. It is not. Somebody, these niggas that you would call unattractive, be having striking girlfriends Listen, and wives. Like, like everybody who has dated Meg, none of them are attractive enough <laughs> to be seen with her, and it just is like how you look at her literally boyfriend's cute, partisan, mm. part is not ugly, but yeah. I'm, yeah. That's fair. I'm just saying, like, if <laughs> if you look at most, like, hip-hop couples, the woman tends to be facially a lot easier to handle than the man. And everything along the face. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Who I will say is cute together is uh, Sweetie and Quavo. Oh, yeah. Them niggas are fucking adorable. <laughs> yes, they are. But Quavo is good-looking. Sweetie's pretty. Right. And Quavo has, like, I'm sure he has at least one tattoo on his face. But they're, like, reasonably placed. I don't even know the full science behind how to get a face tattoo. That's not, like, incredibly distracting. Right. But a lot of these younger rap kids just put, like, Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory, like, right on their eyelid or something. Yeah. I'm like, bro, like, why? Yeah, it's true. Like, if you were already ugly, then I guess what difference does it make? I mean, and honestly, <laughs> like, it doesn't help me tell these little niggas apart because it used to be the the one with the face tattoo, and now it's all of them. So now I just I don't, like, I just do not know these little young niggas. I don't. 
I feel like a lot of this is Wayne's fault too. Please, didn't he forget all of them? That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like, <laughs> like so he many is all of their daddy. <laughs> that's what was like. I feel like so many rappers after what 2005, seven or something like yeah. that were like, I too shall be Dwayne Carter, and it comes yeah. with tats on my face. And yeah. terribly maintained hair. Especially the ones who were like young or adolescents in that time period. Mm-hmm. Please, it was a wrap. <laughs> and and Lil Wayne's girlfriends, baby mothers have gorgeous. been gorgeous. From the very gorgeous. beginning, child, starting with Toya, who is Thank fucking you. drop dead beautiful. It don't make to no sense. Day. Toya could be no makeup on, real hair. Sitting in like a, a a fucking mumu with holes in it, and she is just stunning. It don't make no sense. So, like from the it beginning, doesn't. Wayne has pulled girls who just <laughs> like beyond tens. So, all right. If you like face tattoos, um, tell us why. Don't be ashamed. I, I just want to hear a, pr- a different perspective. I can definitely see the sexiness in like one or two well-placed, but the whole face, I'm just distracted. Like every time I look yeah. at you, I'm going to be studying. Yeah. You know, it's like a map and I just, uh, yeah. mm, I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to be playing like tic-tac-toe with mm-hmm. your tattoos. Yeah. I'm going to be connecting the dots. Like I find sometimes if they like line the eyebrow or like the sideburn, yeah. or something like that. It's a little bit more palatable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, how do I have like a sincere conversation with you about our future and life together when I can't help but see Jigglypuff? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're your not supposed bones. to. You're not supposed to have a serious <laughs> conversation with this nigga about anything other than the Uber home. The serious conversation is, I'm gonna need an Uber Lux. <laughs> I need an Uber Black on my way home, nigga. Thank you very much. God bless y'all. Y'all are adorable. I just want this young man to take that rock out of his face. I just feel more like than it's anything not else. More than anything else, I want that removed before it causes real <laughs> permanent damage. <laughs> Who did this? Their license should be revoked. That person should not be allowed to practice medicine. You have to say no to some things. I don't care how much he paid you for that. What was it worth your soul? Like, you can just put the Infinity Stone on a, on, a, on a reasonable necklace or, like, you know, in a, a safe at home. I mean, and like the thing that. about, like, Hollywood makeup artists or whatever is that you can do all kind of crazy shit that mm-hmm. is temporary. So I just choose to believe this is, like, a, a got-to-be-glue situation. And it's some skin adhesive that lasts for a couple of weeks, maybe. <laughs> and then it just, you know, dries and falls right off. He will remove it. <laughs> it's just about what. You know, because again, I just feel like it was going to be someone, probably, hopefully, a licensed professional that will say, young man, what is this man's uh, real name? Let me Google it. They're going to say to him. The fact that I just Googled him too. (laughs) Samir? They're going to say, Samir, (laughs) now, honey, (laughs) it is time for this to be done. It it, it was a, a cute moment. I, too, enjoy the Steven Universe uh, series, as well as the follow-up series, Steven yeah. Universe Future. But that is an animated series, sir, and I want us to just get back to hell. I just don't believe that man paid $24 million for a rock that lives in the middle of his forehead. I don't. I believe this is a, a lease situation. <laughs> what? 
Yes. Why did I Google Lil Uzi Vert? And one of the first Google questions, you know how Google be like, people also ask? Yeah. The first thing it says is, did Lil Uzi die today? What? Oh my there God. Must have, there must have been some random rumor. You know when they make up, oh yeah, such and such died today? Oh, uh, okay. But why is it the first Right. Moving on. Uh, y'all are weird. <laughs> but yeah. <Like> what? <laughs> yeah, no, I think once that glue expires, he's going to return that stone to whoever owns it. Like, what? Can- and that's going to be the end of that story because Lil Uzverse just don't strike me as the type of person to do something like that for a lot of reasons. <sighs> um, Ice Cube wants us to know that the Friday franchise is being held under the oppressive grip of Warner Brothers Studios. He tweeted, Okay. Hashtag Free Friday from the jaws of Warner Brothers who refuses to make more sequels. That could have been. <gasps> they have hijacked the happiness of the culture. What? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, mm, it's pretty good. I don't think so. <laughs> all the happiness? <laughs> no, no, not really. The whole thing? Uh, we every, still have Black part. Panther. <laughs> There's lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and we can also watch them. Like, <laughs> right? Like, like we, we can still all, watch. We can watch Friday right now. <laughs> yeah, right now, if you want. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he also posted this on Instagram, which I found hilarious because I originally read about this story yesterday <laughs> when I was putting my tabs together for the podcast. I saw that he also posted like the exact same caption on Instagram. Mm, okay. So, um, yeah, I found this fun for a couple of reasons. Um, first, just a few short months ago, mm. you were asking us to hear Please out Donald Please say it. Trump. Please say it. And now you're asking us to free the Friday franchise from the Animaniacs. It's like we're not supposed to like keep in mind that... Right. So, And also, how are we supposed to do that? We regular niggas. How are we supposed he, to do that? <laughs> I guess by taking the, the hashtag that he uh, suggested as a way to um, build up numbers and get uh, something that's easy for Warner Brothers to click on and see a number. Because truly, that's all it, it, it boils down that to. That is all that the, the hashtag will do. Yeah. A number that they're satisfied with, yes. Um, the thing, though, for me and... Surprisingly, many other people I saw responding this, responding to this. The thing is, why you know for yeah. what? Um, Friday was a, a really great film, a really great comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following two, not so much. I'm here in my truth today to admit that the second, uh, the two follow up mm-hmm. movies, next Friday and Friday after next. Bad movies. Very funny. Period. Very funny. And I will watch them for the rest of my life if I'm able. But a movie can be funny and still terrible. Now, that is, I think, the case for... Hello? Here we are today. (laughs) (laughs) Soul Plane is hilarious. And one of the worst films I have ever... Acrimony. (laughs) There are so... So many movies that are absolutely hilarious and wretched at the same time. Some would say precious. Um, Some would say precious. Yes, some would say that. But, um... (laughs) Lord God. (laughs) I forgot what we was talking about. I did. No, I didn't forget. (laughs) 
I do not forget, but I couldn't stop laughing at acrimony. Well, because when I told you that acrimony was the worst movie I'd ever seen, I meant that shit. It's but it's still oof. high quality entertainment. Entertainment, yeah. if you ask me. So it's yeah, the laughs are there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Friday after next and next Friday are, are awful. Thank you. I, the um, I would say that at least. And I mean, that's sequels, isn't it? Like, that's many sequels, Most sequels. Especially when it comes to people. I mean, a, a big part of the reason that sequels get, you know, a green light or whatever is because the studios are like, damn, we made a lot of money. Let's do it again. Yep. <laughs> um, but see, you did two more and they just got progressively worse. Yes. I feel like next Friday, at least, while it was a bad movie, and I would say it's the least funny of the three. It was at least it, it like almost made sense as a sequel, you know, like it, it had a a plot that a was plot connected that to the first sense. one. Yeah. In kind of like, yeah, it made sense where that story went. It introduced us to some new characters. Fine, I don't think it was nearly as funny as the other two. But Friday after next, while I think it's funny, is just about nothing. <laughs> like they didn't, they didn't even try <laughs> when it came to that movie. They were just like, at the end of the day, we got a shit ton of funny ass niggas. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the fucking movie is about. They just go come out here and be funny. Yeah. I would assume a lot of the stuff they kept was improv or was, you know, <laughs> they thought of it on the day of. Because yeah. you talk about Cat Williams, Mike Epps, John Witherspoon, <laughs> Don Curry. <laughs> like, like Ricky Smiley's in the movie. Shit. BB Drake. There's so many funny people that it just they were like, yeah, they Who need cares? to make their rent yeah. and then they have a rent party and Santa's robbing people. Like, <laughs> so, like the movie was awful. It's still funny. Yeah. So it's like no one's. I don't think anyone's really in a rush to see another Friday movie. I think the concept of last Friday was cute because mm-hmm. of the name. Yeah. And also it implies that you won't make any more. Yeah. But I want to also remind everyone that John Weatherspoon has passed away. Yep. Um, Tommy Lister, who played Debo, mm-hmm. he has passed away. Yep. Vet Wilson, who was in the first movie. that le- So we could also just not. Yeah. You know, we could just leave it where, where it is. Right. The thing about this is that, like, I really do hate to side with corporations and what is surely white people over mm-hmm. niggas. I really do. I hate to do that. Yeah. But number one, Ice Cube is already on my, you know, side eye list for that shit he pulled with Trump. Yeah. And also, when you first told me the story, the first thing I thought was, why in the motherfuck would Warner Brothers allot the budget that would mm-hmm. be necessary for another Friday movie? Because now you're talking about paying people who are currently, you know, hot or popping or whatever. You're talking about paying them their rate right now, plus all the production costs associated with trying to do something during COVID where you have where the cost of testing is easily thousands of dollars every fucking day. It's so expensive to try to put on a production like in person in COVID. So, yeah. Why? What I'm thinking is, why would Warner Brothers do this when the movies have progressively declined (laughs) in entertainment value as the years have gone on? Like the first Friday, I will put that up against any comedy as one of the most incredible movies, period. Yes, it is so good. The rest of them shits, niggas have been mad at me since they first came out. I told y'all you niggas are smoking smoked dick. (laughs) It's smoked dick. 
that you're then grinding up and smoking once more. If you think that those movies are good, they are not. So you can I, say that you like them and they're not good. Yeah, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> if I tell you yeah. I like something, I'm not telling you that it is well made. I'm telling you that I enjoyed it. <laughs> In fact, last week, someone asked me, what is your favorite bad movie? And I said, Soul Plane and Friday After Next. Oh, wow. And that was before I even saw any of this. Soul Plane is really is incredible. Bad. Soul Plane yeah, no, is that... just, that's something else. Because you know what? Friday After Next is at least linked to a treasured comedy that is a good movie. Yeah. So Plain was like, they came out the woodworks with Fuck It. Yep. And they still were able they to did. nab Kevin Hart, Monique, <laughs> John Witherspoon's in that movie, D.L. Hughley's in that movie. So I think some more in that, in that one too. The entire budget went to the cast. Yeah. There was no money for writers. And that's why yeah. we got what we got. Because everybody was allowed to bring their own sketch. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you just, Fit it in with everybody else's sketch. So, yeah. So it isn't good. But yeah, I just don't see why the studio would sink that much money into a project that's almost certainly. And like for the foreseeable future, you're not going to be able to put it in theaters. So you're going to have to sell it to some streaming service, which is all the more reason to keep your budget low. So again, why mm-hmm. would we do this? Why would we do this? Yeah. 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 I One thing I found interesting personally about the tweet is that it's accompanied with I'm so sorry to the artist of this picture because I you didn't get like your name tagged and I don't know how to read your actual signature but he put like an animated version of the first Friday as the the tweet along with this you know free Friday hashtag let me go find and when I saw this I was like it just reminded me of what I said about all of these um animated shows that they're trying to make live action rather than making live action things mm-hmm. animated. And I was like, that would have actually, or could have been a cute concept is like taking the original Friday, the good one and making it an animated series. But even then who is going to play Willie Jones? Cause John Witherspoon is John Witherspoon. So, right. I mean, are we going to unle- start off with a funeral theme for him? Right. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it takes place the the other, fr- like the next Friday, yeah. but without the, right. You know, but yeah, I would be like, we're, I guess we're just going to go ahead and write into the canon that Willie has passed and Debo can either have passed you or is in prison or something that could work for the story. But then it's like, you already taking out two integral, amazing characters when we could just leave it alone and forever watch the ones that we watch. Do you know that girls still watch movies from like the fifties and forties? Do's and does. Yes. I still watch Imitation of Life and cry like I ain't never seen it. I watched the original version of um, that evil movie Macaulay Culkin was in. I don't remember what. Oh, The Good Son. It's called yeah, the original the is called son. The Bad Seed. And let me tell you something about Rhoda. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rhoda was type crazy, okay? Rhoda was I've killing niggas seen... in black and white. <laughs> I've never seen The Good Son, but I have seen The Bad Seed. Yeah. That's a classic. The Bad Seed is a classic, but also I had to cut that shit off and go to bed and pray because. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it in the middle of the night by myself, and I was like, this little girl is actually creeping me the fuck out. So anyway. And isn't isn't the bad seed just like an iteration of Rosemary's Baby? I don't know, because now that you mention it, I don't think I've ever seen The, the Good Son either. 
I don't, well, I don't think, even know. I don't think so. I think I read some no, of the articles it about be. it being a play off the bad seed that I was like, well, let me just watch the bad seed then. Yeah. I mean, well, there have been tons of plays on the bad scene since The Good Son. But yeah. Rosemary's Baby, she was, it was Rosemary being pregnant with the devil or the Antichrist for most oh, of it. Oh, so. that's who Rosemary Baby was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the, the exorcist. I didn't see. I didn't see Rosemary's child. <laughs> oh yeah, both very. The exorcist know, was prayed up. Shit, child. <laughs> yeah, I saw. The funny thing is, like the exorcist is not scary at all to me now. No, but it's not scary now. It's much older to me, older than me. Right. And when I originally watched it, I don't know how I have gotten any sleep since. <laughs> um. I mean, it was just a lot going on. But you look at the effects and stuff, and you're like, girl, I am not. This is. This is not scary, you know, by 2020 uh, levels of technology or anything like old bitch and them stairs. That looks mm-hmm. extremely fake now. <laughs> like, because a lot of the reasons, a lot of the reasons of a lot of that stuff was effective is because people hadn't seen no shit like that right, at the time. Exactly. And a lot of studios had to use practical effects for the shit that they were doing because they didn't have these trillion dollar computers to make. You know, CGI yeah, monsters exactly. and shit. But the um, first time I saw it, child, one eye open. I was just... Them, that staircase thing <laughs> that really was, fucked uh, me up. Yeah, that was a little too fucking much. And, you know, the the whole bedroom scene, it's just a lot going on in that movie. Um, I love horror movies. I do I just not, love the horror genre I do not. I don't. I really do. I really... You remember, I, I really had to watch Us through my fingers. Us fucked me up. It did. Yeah. It, it was did. such a fun film, though. So, what were we, who were we talking about? The f- Ice Cube and the fact that nobody needs another Oh, yeah, no, we don't kind. need it. We don't need it. Sorry. We have yeah, the original, and we're happy with that. We're more than happy with it. We like, are. Niggas literally watch Friday on purpose. Not just because it's on BT. Yeah, no. <laughs> niggas be in the mood to watch Friday. And they make yes. sure their kids watch it too. Because it's a part of the culture that needs to be passed along. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Because they make their kids dress. Not only do they make their kids watch it. But they make their kids dress they up do. as Craig and Smokey and Felicia for Halloween. <laughs> Have your little light-skinned cousin being Felicia. That's not right. Take that baby out them braids. And them oversized. <laughs> fucking t-shirts y'all take that little girl out that bullshit y'all do that shit every year and let her be a pony <laughs> to your little fair skinned niece put her, her, her baby crackhead uniform <laughs> oh goodness oh, um, I love being black speaking of uh, classic comedians one Deborah Wilson <gasps> Uh, recently did a moment on the Comedy Hype News channel uh, where she was uh, being interviewed and discussed why she left uh, the sketch show Mad TV back in the day. I think it will come as no no surprise (sighs) to anyone that it is because white folk were undervaluing her and what she was bringing to this goddamn series. I will remind you, if you, for whatever reason, Farada just did not know, Deborah Wilson was one of the original cast members of Mad TV and was with the series mm-hmm. for eight seasons, I believe. Deborah Wilson also is Mad TV. I yep. just don't... <laughs> like, no one with sense or with like a functioning memory 
is is mentioning or even thinking about Mad TV and not Deborah Wilson. Period. She, as Dustin says, has given a lot to television. <laughs> so, and not just, I mean, television, films, voice work. She's done like a shitload of video games too. Right. So, she's just the one. Um, but she said that, you know, she found out at some point that... Um, white male co-stars who came into the series after her were making more than she was. And that the issue uh, was that they were not even willing to negotiate or renegotiate her pay after she found out. Right. Um, Which is just, like, so disgusting to me. Like, because one of the things that was, um, was, like... Like I, I, I could pick this up immediately. Like she wouldn't even have had to say this. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the people interviewing her was uh, Pierre, also a classic comic. If you watched Baps or Comic View or How to Be a Player, you know who Pierre is. But he asked her at one point, like how large the difference was between what she was being paid in this new person. And before she responded, I was like, who the fuck cares? Like, 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 no shade. I was like, what difference does it make? And she said to him, Pierre, I love you, but that's irrelevant. Um, and she was like, she, she's right. Cause she ended or the, the clip ended by her saying, if they would have told her, Deborah will raise your salary. It's not going to be as much as that guy, but we'll ra- we're willing to raise your salary. Mm-hmm. She would have stayed oh, on man. Mad TV. Which is so... Like, I'm just... That shit just irks me, man. Like, I can't tell you how many times I will just randomly have a sketch or something that Deborah did for that show that just pops into my head mm-hmm. and entertains me all over again. She held them down. Like, <laughs> yes... There are lots of 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 talent on that show, but yeah. I feel like a lot of the people that they would think of outside of Deborah came into the show a few seasons after she did. Yeah, like Phil Lamar, I think also another black icon, another icon. Period. <gasps> I was about to Phil say. Lamar <laughs> was in the first season. I'm pretty sure Nicole Sullivan was in the first season in Orlando Jones, but like the Bobby Lee, Aries Spears, Michael McDonald, um, like all of those other people who are famous for it, they came in and afterwards. And so it just, I'm just so irked by this, not only being her story, but so many of our icons that literally have made companies endless amounts of money, endless amounts of money and are like, known for carrying a lot of these things on their back and you just hear their story like decades later and they're like they didn't give two fucks about me (laughs) like you would be shocked to hear about the treatment that i was getting over there girl because the way that we discuss what someone like a deborah wilson brought to a show like mad tv and the way that they were treating deborah wilson on mad tv it just doesn't it doesn't line up yeah and it's wholly because she's black and she's a woman right and i feel like i can remember very clearly when she when it was announced that she wasn't coming back to mad tv and being like but isn't she the point of the show like <laughs> i remember right. being very confused about her not being on mad tv anymore and i don't even know that I watched it regularly after that. But I do remember, like, 
seeing her on that show, the times that I was able to like sneak and look at it <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, just being blown away, like at how good she was, period. Mad TV was already better than SNL or whatever it's... um counterpoint was was it in living color at that point no they were way after right matt tv i think yeah yeah i don't remember who was like the other sketch comedy show that mostly got compared to snl i I mean i just remember enjoying it way more than any other show that claimed to be funny and most of that was because of her so seeing this i was just like part of me was surprised like holy fuck i had no idea and then part of me was like but bitch of course of course, yeah. it was because white people who came in after her was making more than her. And these people acted like she wasn't worth the money. Of course, it was. I'm that. Just, you're talking about eight seasons. It don't make that this lady like, has been. It's just and, disrespectful and, like, and rude. Up until that, up to that point, I don't even know how many people from the original cast were still on the show. So it's like the fact that you are not even willing to have a conversation with right, me, right. the doll from the right. beginning, that has been in some of your best fucking sketches, your most popular sketches. That shit is it's like, like it is like why not just spit in my face? Yeah. Why not just spit directly in between my eyes? Because that's clearly how you feel about me. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like it was for them to not even be willing to negotiate, but just to be like, how dare you bring it up? Your ass is gone. It's just like, okay, so y'all really, I mean, brands now at least pretend to act like uh, equality and um, and mm-hmm. diversity. Inclusion. And, right. And um, pay equality, equality and pay particularly. They love to act like these are things that actually matter, but... It's worth remembering that, like, in the 90s and early 2000s, brands didn't even pretend to give a fuck about your black ass. They just sure didn't let you go. And how dare you even ask them for anything close <laughs> to what you are actually worth? Don't you understand that the white boy who just graduated from college and who is my great nephew is worth <laughs> $100,000 more per season than you are? Because I feel like you should be able to get that. I, yes. I just I can't even think of who came on to the show after Deborah Wilson that was just worth anything. me either because t- because again to me Deborah Wilson was Mad TV so to hear that she wasn't gonna be on it was just like so what y'all gonna do now <laughs> like and would have stayed on the show <laughs> even if they didn't match the pay they even if they, even like, to if they were willing it. to just talk to her about it and raise her salary to something she would have stayed on the show that should just it pisses me off because it's like you deserve not only to match but surpass this person's pay and you're asking for just like basic respect you shouldn't even even be asking for that like it shouldn't even be a question and this is still so much the truth for black people and specifically black women not even just in the the industry of entertainment and it's just so annoying because you'll like be incredibly inspired and impacted by someone who's like doing great shit and then 20 years later you find out though oh yeah they weren't paying me shit and they you know didn't feed me anything on my lunch break or whatever they treated me like absolute garbage like the fuck yeah i hate it (sighs) um i'm not shocked though all right, that's going to be it for the hot tops. I was going to talk about Lady Gaga's dogs getting janked from her, but we're already past an hour, and she got the dogs back, so. Okay. Um, and the man that got shot is not, he's he's going to live. Oh, so. I was about to say, does anybody know how the dog walker is doing? 
Yeah, but, he posted a long um, essay on on Instagram about how lucky he is to be alive and thank paramedics and Lady Gaga or whatever. Um. But, okay. Well, that was all my questions. <laughs> no, I ain't shit because when I first read the story. It was described how the dog walker... I don't know who he said this to, but he said that the the dog, Asia, that the one dog that didn't get snatched, like, stayed by his side and was, like, curled up <gasps> oh. next to him, shaking while he was bleeding and stuff. And I was like, oh, the poor baby! Like, I was like, oh, that like poor this dog! This man dying. <laughs> this man's bleeding out on the fucking sidewalk. <laughs> and I'm talking about the We're gonna need you to show a little empathy for the human. <laughs> that lets you know where my mind yep. is when it comes to human beings. I don't give a fuck about y'all, but animals, you were like, especially that dog dogs... Is heartbroken. <laughs> Right. Anyway. But why is the dog heartbroken, friend? Right. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you back to that. Because his friend is bleeding out. Exactly. So, <laughs> right. very glad that that person will make a full recovery. And that, yeah, that right. answers all my questions about that situation. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break and then come back and read your letters. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? We've told you. It's your girl, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, honey. And right now you can try it for free, girl, at ZipRecruiter.com slash the read. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I've actually used ZipRecruiter for my for like mm-hmm. my own personal things on the back end. And it really does work pretty quickly. And I also appreciate that it's easy to use because, uh, you know, this aging brain of mine in technology works part in ways, which makes me sad, but that's a different conversation. Amp up your hiring performance with Zip Recruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip Recruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash the read again that's ziprecruiter.com slash the read ziprecruiter the smartest way to hire now let's get back to show so listen guys the next generation of influential black voices can be found on npr's new collection black stories black truths i've been running my mouth about it for a while now black representation in media is incredibly important and i feel like it's in kind of a situation at the moment. So amplifying and enjoying as many of these stories as possible is pretty important. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. You can get things from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center on Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. We are back and it is time now to read your listener letters. Yes, it is. Send your questions to asktheread at gmail.com. We may read them aloud on the show. We have a quick question right here from Esmeralda, who has been playing Spirit Fairer, she said, nonstop. Um, 
and I can relate. But she has a question <laughs> about the sawmill. She says, how do you actually do a good job in the sawmill? I feel like there is some secrets the- <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. And I'm not getting as many planks because I suck. Is it the weed? Is it me? Thanks, Merelda. <laughs> well, if it's the weed, I can't tell you because y'all already know how I am with weed. Um, is there ever an off day? No. No. But I will say that I am also awful at it. It's the one like little <laughs> mini game on the boat that I feel like is actually really tricky. Um, and I think that they know that because even if you like, even if you fuck up like on some of them, you'll still get like one or two like materials versus if you do it perfectly, I guess you would get way more, but yeah, I wouldn't feel bad on it. I was never good at that fucking thing. And I just (laughs) like tried to get as much as I could of, of those materials so that when I fucked up, I still had enough, uh, backup. Right. I feel like the sawmill. And the loom, honestly, are like around the same level of difficulty. It just mm-hmm. depends on the material you're using. Cause like if you're in the loom using like regular cotton or whatever, or that, that generic <laughs> ass fabric versus silk, it's way harder yeah. to nail like the perfect one. Yeah. Whereas in the, in the sawmill, you know, there's certain types of wood that are way harder to get right. Cause you're just yeah. constantly updating. So what I do is in the sawmill, I just, I move the controller up or down or whatever, just like half a second before it's supposed to move. Yeah, that's the trick. And then I can get something done. But also, don't forget the sawdust is also useful. You can use the sawdust, combine it with glue and make paper. Um, But yeah, like what I like to do is collect as much of the one material as I can so that I can just get as many planks. Because if I can do it a lot of times in a row, eventually... I will start to get into a groove with it. Yeah. So I definitely do that. Um, And then like with other, I mean, it doesn't really count with wood because you can't really harvest wood on the ship. But like for materials and stuff like that, I always had one tree in an orchard that made the silkworm things, whatever. Yes, me too. Like you always have, you want at least one tree that can produce something that you can use to make something other than food. Yeah. So, I mean, you didn't ask about the orchard or the loom. I just thought I would throw that in there. But yeah, the with the wood thing, I wouldn't even stress it. Just do as good of a, a job you can. If I can get at least two planks out of it, then I feel like it was worth it. So and and you can use those turtles. Um, oh yeah, to plant stuff. Yeah, and plant like trees and stuff on there as well. That way, like if you ever run low, you can just go back to that turtle and harvest the wood or whatever right. from that tree. And it really like, don't even take that long for them to get it, it done. Really doesn't. No, yeah, especially once you've unlocked all of them, and then once you unlock the bus stop, nigga, and you can time travel across the map, it gets even easier. So yeah, I just banked on the fact that I was going to be bad at that mini game for as long as I played it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like. <laughs> That's the one I suck at. I actually wasn't that bad at the loom, but I was bad at the um, what is it? The, sh- the blacksmithing shit. No, 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 not oh, the, the foundry. One. Oh no, yeah, you know the, the... One where like making you making ores or whatever. not the crusher. No, no, not the crusher. They yeah, you're talking about the foundry. The, like... the foundry where you have yeah. to do the different fans back and forth. Yes. Yeah. That I that was annoying. Once I figured out how to work it, I was like, okay, this is not bad. But again, certain ores, 
go way above temperature way too fast and they have like a very small window of being like good enough to work with so and then if you fuck it up then you end up you don't waste your materials but you do waste coal so you might Mm -hmm. have to add another piece of coal so again coal is something else you should always be harvesting on them turtles or just keeping a bunch of um but yeah don't even if you can get two planks out of one piece of wood i call that a win so same (laughs) um so yeah hope those tips help you as you play the game let's move on to some of the other letters this week (laughs) let's see our first letter comes from uh, okay This first letter comes from Monty, who says, I'm a 30 year old black man and I've had the same best friend since I was 16 years old. My best friend and I were living the best lives we could during the pandemic when suddenly his brother, who was also my friend, passed away from non-COVID reasons. I gave my best friend space and tried to allow him to grieve while still offering to be there for him if he needed anything, if he needed anything. One night I was up thinking of ways that I could help him through the situation with which I have talked to with my therapist about. And I started looking up grief counselors in our area. I compiled a list of four or five different counselors who specialize in grief, wrote up a little note with all their contact info and sent it to him. I thought I had done a good deed. So I felt better and went on to sleep. I woke up to the I woke up the next morning to a long text message from my best friend that took me eight minutes to finish reading. He said that he didn't think I was supporting him during this time. He brought up old shit about a failed relationship I was in last year and told me I deserved to be dumped. And by the end of the text, he denounced our friendship. My feelings were crushed like they have never been before. It's been about three weeks and now he's calling and texting me. And our mutual friends have told me that he wants to repair our friendship. Do y'all think I should even attempt to rebuild a relationship with a friend who is going to throw my failures back up in my face because he's hurt? Does he not realize that I'm hurt too? All I was trying to do was be a good friend. Any advice is very much appreciated. Thanks, Monty. Wow. This is, uh, this is some shit. There's nothing like someone who's supposed to be your friend who just throws a whole bunch of cold shit in your face. Right. Somebody who claims oh, to love you and just be like, mm-hmm. actually, I know the things that hurt you the most, and I'm just going to use those right now to hurt you. Um, I think it's worth ha- hearing your friend out, um, at least, even if it doesn't um, repair your relationship or friendship. Um, or even if you don't really want to, I think that it could be helpful to get a deeper perspective (laughs) on what the fuck is going on. Um, Mm -hmm. but I can absolutely be like, I can, I have to respect, um, someone in this situation being like, I think I'm good, you know, because it's a trust thing is a big part of it. Because it's like, how do I know that if we don't have a disagreement again in the future that you're not going to, like, hit me below the belt or, like, throw a bunch of negative shit in my face? Like, if you feel like you aren't sure you'll be able to be um, vulnerable or open with your feelings or emotions, then it's like, how much of a friendship is it? Um, But I do think you could talk about it and maybe 
after having a conversation and hopefully allowing both of you to be honest and put ego or whatever bullshit to the side mm. maybe get a better understanding of what's going on and, and be able to make a a better decision of how you want to move forward but yeah yeah i wouldn't walk into it like yeah we're gonna repair this relationship <laughs> because it could just end up like a love and hip-hop conversation where things just don't go well at all anyway so right i mean and as the person who didn't kind of go off the deep end about it you kind of have that um i don't know if it's leverage necessarily but like your theory said, I don't think you would be wrong to hear him out. Um, but also it makes complete sense for you to be like, I'm willing to hear you out. That doesn't mean I'm willing to make a decision about our relationship. It just means yeah. I'm willing to hear what you say. Because mm-hmm. um, even if you feel like you don't need it, if he's willing to apologize for going off on you for that, then I think that that is worth receiving. If this was yeah. like an ex, I would be like, oh, fuck that nigga. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. If this was an ex, I would be like, oh, uh uh-uh. uh, no, because this nigga is wilding just because you broke up with him and here he go being a dick. And that is exactly how niggas do. But this is your best friend. This was a friend of yours who's passed away, but this was his brother as well. Not saying that that excuses his behavior, just saying that it adds some context. I mean, yeah. And, um, I think somebody who was not, you know, balls deep in grief would have been able to see that you were trying to help them. I'm sorry, balls deep in grief. <laughs> just like... Perhaps that was a poor choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> we know where your heart is. <laughs> Perhaps that was a poor a poor choice of words. But balls deep has just always been such an aggressive term to me too. <laughs> So maybe it's just me. (laughs) Like, oh, God. (laughs) But hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That, um, you know, this is your best friend for, you know, half your life. And I would would hear them out, especially if it's coming from mutual friends, too. Like, this nigga's hitting us up and he feels, you know, sick about the way he behaved. I would Mm. hear him out and, you know, take some time to process, talk to your therapist about whatever it is that he says to you and then make whatever decision feels best for you, best for you from there. But like, you don't have to, you know, necessarily forgive anything. If you feel like, damn, you came at me and didn't even allow me to present my side of things. That is also a valid argument. Cause he could have just been like, you know, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I'm taking this as like you being disrespectful. Like, he could have been more mature about his reaction to it. True. If y'all have been friends for that fucking long and allowed you to clarify, because there's there's a handful of friends I have in this world, like 10 or 11 people, who if they do something that upsets me or whatever, I'm going to automatically follow up them with them to make sure I'm understanding. Like, because it's right. just completely unlike them to try to hurt my feelings. Especially when I'm going through so much the way your best friend is doing. So he could have handled that better and given you a chance to, you know, clarify your intentions. Um, And ultimately, sending somebody a list of grief counselors and adding a little note about why you think it's worthy is just... 
you know, I'm not going to say he's wrong for feeling whatever way he feels because I don't know him or what is going through his mind. But at the same time, that is objectively non-offensive. <laughs> unless yeah. you unless you consider being recommended for therapy to be offensive, which I don't. Because I recommend everybody for therapy. All you niggas need Everybody. it. Everybody. All you niggas need it. So yes. I don't consider, especially when you are grieving, most people have an allowance for therapy when you are going through something really fucking rough. Mm-hmm. So Grief is what got me into therapy. Honestly, same. Grief yeah. behind a relationship and the way things ended and not being able to reconcile it within myself, what happened was what drove me to therapy in the first place. So, yeah. I was losing a family member. I feel like, yeah. And I, yeah, I remember that. And that was, you know, rough for you. It's rough, period, to go through that kind of loss. It's just very hard. So, yeah. Um, I feel like uh a therapy is actually a loving recommendation like i want you to have a professional who can help you deal with the way you feel if i had had a therapist when my grandmother passed away nigga i would have made 93 percent fewer bad decisions i would have so um since it sounds like he regrets his reaction and the things he said to you and you've heard this from other friends too i would hear him out and then, you know, decide where you're going to go from there. You don't have to make him any promises, but you can hear him out if you feel comfortable right. doing it. You can wait until you feel ready to hear it, too, because like you lost your friend and you're going through bullshit as well. Like you're allowed to take your time and your space. But if I were you, I would consider it. Yeah, me too. I yeah. think it would be worth it. Right. Probably so. And again, you don't have to like swear on the bible that y'all are gonna go back to being the way you used to be you get to take your time to process what happened so best of luck to you please let us know how it turns out our next letter comes from cc who says my 37 year old boyfriend of three years tested positive for covid a few weeks ago i tested negative and thankfully he's feeling better but i really feel for him because during the whole pandemic he's been afraid to go out of the house except for work our relationship really took a hit because we were no longer going going out on dates or traveling. And ultimately, he thinks he got COVID from a coworker. A week into his quarantine at home, he started sending me text messages saying that he felt abandoned. When I asked him why, <laughs> when I asked him why, he said that he wanted me to be there in the same house as him to make sure that he's okay. What? For me, that's a hard no. I work from home and I see my grandparents and loved ones weekly. So I am not willing to do that. A hard no. While I did not see him physically, I did text him every day and offered to bring him anything he needed. He felt like that wasn't enough and even said that his best friend's mother texted him twice a day. So I, so I should be doing better than that. The f- I think it's selfish of him to expect anything more from me and even saying that I should put on three masks at a time to come check on him because I feel like he wouldn't expect me to see my family during that time and nor that he would do this for me if I tested positive. I'm thinking, why would I put myself in danger? Why would you want that for me? Do y'all think I'm wrong for how I'm handling this situation? What would you do? Thanks, Cece. Cece, you know damn well. Don't know (laughs) 
on this show. They don't know. They be writing in the most obvious stuff and being like, am I going to hell? No, girl, you're standing up for yourself. That's not the same thing. You're willing to go over to the house and drop this nigga off some stuff, make sure that he's Soup and Tylenol and shit. Or whatever. But he's like, nah, camp out here and rock me to sleep all night and make out with me open mouth. And And put your grandparents at risk or stop seeing them all together. Like, what? I love niggas who, like, when they get sick, they're, it's like... Giant If babies. you are not a hospice, yep. <laughs> like, who the hell raised How you? How dare you? <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> like, girl, ugh, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Like, I, I ask, like, you know that this is, like, contagious? <laughs> Did you know that? Like, and I, you know it's a respiratory disease? Like, niggas yeah. just... <laughs> And that's it. The bitch is in the air. Yeah. Surfaces of things and like I just all over the place. I'm not gonna come inside and hang out with you. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. I don't know if y'all live in an area warm enough for y'all to sit outside. I don't know if he lives in his own house or in an apartment building, but if he has an outdoor space and it's comfortable to sit outside, I would do that, maybe at the most. But if I were you and Mm -hmm. I was checking in on my grandparents every week, I'm simply not going to put them at risk. I'm not. Three masks or not. I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put me, mom and granddaddy at risk because this nigga feel like I should be doing more. You know, I have grandparents. You knew that when we was together. And clearly y'all don't even live together. So like. Right. So there was already this understanding of like risk levels and what we're willing to do or not do. So no. It's like, like, have you heard of the virus you have? Do you <laughs> understand how long COVID has been a thing? <laughs> Every one thing, like, right. Like if you lived alone, you weren't, you know, going to see family or anyone else or whatever. If you decided you wanted to go over that nigga's house and do whatever, that's on you. But like the fact that you are are still willing to be in his presence, make sure that he's living and all that stuff, and then go back home to your family, and that's not enough to me is just wild. Yeah. Like because you you have elders in your family that you're around all the time. Like nigga, what is it? I don't what what? <laughs> right. Like I see these people on a regular basis. And you have a confirmed diagnosis of the virus. Yeah. So why would I be anywhere near you? Right. (laughs) If you say he's getting better, then he can wait a few more weeks. Honestly, if I had COVID, I would not let anybody near me. I don't think I would want anybody near me. I I know I wouldn't. If I didn't have to be hospitalized, I would not let anybody anywhere near me period i would probably want somebody to come and get link just because i have read about oh, right yeah, no a dog get getting covid yeah and i would come like, get, if you if you called me i would come get link i would somebody would have to link would, link could come like, over here and tear my house up that's fine <laughs> i don't know how the bitch would eat or anything else like this <laughs> unless i put myself in a bubble or something i buy off of amazon oh no with link so, i would yeah. probably i honestly i would probably just you know dip into the budget and get that bitch some salmon and some brown rice until i can figure <laughs> out what she eat for real <laughs> 
Because I'm not finna disrespect your dog. She's not finna be yelling at me in my house for giving her fucking Alpo or whatever. Because I'm telling you, she will look down at the food that you've prepared for her. And if she's displeased, she will look directly back up to you like, so where's the food at? Like, where's the at? This is cute. That was very funny. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna throw a little avocado in there and I'm gonna just be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just tell friend later. It costs $38 a day to feed your dog. Yeah. <laughs> And I would be like, that's it? Wow. <laughs> a this, bargain. This bitch is very rich. It's just, like, it didn't work out. But. Yeah, love. Your, your nigga needs to calm the fuck he down. He does. He and, does. And get better. Tell him, like, I was going to say, tell him that you can prime now him some Campbell's soup or something <laughs> like that. But you have offered to go over there. What the fuck more does this nigga want? Yeah. Like, what does he want? He wants you to have it too so y'all can be seeking solidarity. Yeah. He wants a nurse, which is understandable. <laughs> Who don't want a nurse? But you're not a nurse. And furthermore, and if, he didn't book you to be one either. I bet he wants you to come be a nurse for free. If y'all were married and lived together, then it would be like, I guess it wouldn't be an issue because y'all live together. But right. like, like... The fact that you don't. <laughs> right. Like when my dad gets a cold... um. My dad gets a cold. He'll put on like this little I'm sick beanie, I guess, to like keep his head warm or whatever. And he'll like go he'll, like, off. Irk the fuck out of my mom, like, I'm sick. <laughs> Not I'm sick. Some <laughs> sick, sick. And like my mom will just like make him whatever he wants to feel better and stuff like that. But it's cute because they've been married for decades. <laughs> and then like, you know what I mean? Right. Like they're actually, you know, in contrast. In yeah. And and clearly enjoy one another's company. <laughs> And enjoy one another's company where that shit can be irksome, but in a cute way. You know, when your partner gets on your nerves, yeah. but you like it. You know, versus this nigga having. And I'm talking. She's going to be like, do you know what you owe me? Right. <laughs> but I'm talking about a cold. Or, you know, it's like, you're talking about COVID, a whole ass disease motherfuckers still are trying to figure out and wrap their minds around. Right. That nigga needs to calm down, talk about some, am I wrong for not wanting to. Girl, Girl, get the fuck off this goddamn line talking about are you wrong? <laughs> no, girl, your man is wrong as you Ask Fauci. <laughs> Ask the goddamn CDC, are you wrong, Sith? Like, no, you're not. Are you willing to stop seeing your grandparents in order to be a free caretaker for this man? Mm. It's okay if you are, but be honest with yourself about it. Are you? Ask yourself that. Between this nigga and the person who's been putting them greens on your plate for your whole ass goddamn life. <laughs> People who probably helped you learn to read and like the fall lady in love who makes with your Marvin birthday Gay. cake every year. <laughs> every damn year from scratch, CC. From scratch. And it don't matter if all the cousins got the same birthday cake. She made one for <laughs> your black ass. All the cousins enjoy that same goddamn birthday cake, bitch. <laughs> and that's why it's made. Yeah, he needs to calm the fuck down. Like, what? Yeah. Your girls are willing to come over here and feed you or whatever and make sure that you're safe and all that shit, probably masked up, gloved up and stuff, and go the fuck back home. But you want her to camp out and watch Malcolm and Marie with your ass. Ungrateful. I'm not doing Shiftless. it. I'm not. I'm literally not doing it. So, um, <laughs> best of luck to you, sister, as you figure it out. Should we do one more? I have one here from a girl who is... Having some issues with her baby daddy. Sure, my read's not long. Okay, so this letter comes from Trinity, who says, 
When I got pregnant, my child's father made it very clear that he did not want another kid. I knew that I didn't want to get rid of this one, so I simply did not. Yep. My child's father thought that we could still kick it in spite of our differing opinions about how to proceed with the pregnancy. <laughs> well into it, he would call to hang out and he acted like everything was cool. Against my better judgment, I came to the same conclusion as my friends and his family, thinking that this man was still coming to term with, terms with things and that he would eventually come around. Have you heard of niggas? Man, we were wrong. <laughs> around the six month mark, this man ghosted me, which definitely hurt my feelings, but I got over it because communicating with him was weird anyway, because he never acknowledged <laughs> the fact that I was pregnant. Damn. My son is now a little <laughs> over a year old and he's seen his father approximately once a month since he was born. The only That's reason bad. that I he's seen awesome. my child that many times is because his other kids and their parents, plus his parents, nice. want to see their relative. <laughs> this has never been about the money for me. I do fairly well for myself, but in an ideal world, I would prefer that my child's father be active in his life. After the shit show that was 2020, I decided that I will no longer go back and forth with this man for any more time. I texted him that I was finally done with him, but I know that if I'm truly done, I should probably block or delete his number altogether. Sometimes I feel like I should call him back, but I don't want to get back into our toxic cycle. However, I also don't want to prevent the possibility of my child having a relationship with his dad, even though this man has shown and proven that he doesn't want a relationship with my kid. My therapist has been helping, has been trying to help me stay in the present and not stress about things in the future that I can't control. We're working on setting boundaries. And my current boundary is that I need distance from my child's father and his family in order to work through my feelings. I've spoken with my child's other grandmother about my need for distance, and she said that she understands and that she would explain to the other kids why their cousin is no longer coming around. Honestly, at this point, I don't know what to do. I feel like either choice is doing my child a disservice. I beat myself up daily over the fact that this nigga is the man I chose <coughs> to father my child. I just don't get it. I know that you two are childless, but I appreciate y'all's <laughs> perspectives. I really love when y'all put that in there because y'all be having real problems that we absolutely cannot identify with. So, Big facts. Yeah. but Trinity said, I know that you niggas don't have no kids. However, I mm -hmm. still appreciate your perspective. Any advice? Thanks, Trinity. Yeah, Trin, I don't have any children. <laughs> Looking to keep it that way for a while. Yeah, we ever, are. We're going to keep it that ever. way. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid of freeze I, my niggas. <laughs> I also, uh, you know, don't have to deal with the possibility of a person coming uh, out of me having sex with the people I have sex with. Mm, um, yes. So it's not a thing where I have to be like, oh shit, a baby? Maybe, I, right. I cannot, I can't even put myself in the like, like the field of that mindset of I know that I just made a baby, I made a person, but I'm good. <laughs> like I don't know. Right. I, I 
I know that they, it's a lot of work. It's expensive. My God, the responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just don't understand how you could actively participate in making a human being and then just be like, nah, friend, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I would say, in my opinion, uh, based on what I was hearing, I would first say to stop beating yourself up. Um, stop blaming yourself for like having a baby with a nigga that ain't shit Mm. or having a baby with a nigga that's you know not stepping up to the plate or whatever like you're that's separate of you you know um it is and i also would say that maybe you should just focus more for now on loving on this kid and making sure that your son um is healthy and learned and um, <laughs> I love when people come on, say learn that it. Word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Make sure that you're just making like a good person and and instilling the right values and stuff in your your child. And I think that when it's time to cross that bridge, you'll probably have a better idea of how to get across it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like versus, um, you know what I'm saying? Beating yourself up and, and putting this cloud of of negativity around yourself. Like, I hate when people who are, like, single parents, like, pull out their hair and lashes over the fact that this other parent isn't stepping up. Like, what are you supposed to do about it? You know, like, you can't <laughs> track him down and then make him be a daddy, you know? So, right. Um, un- as unfortunate as it is, there are many people... Um, who have had the experience of uh, a parent, father, or mother who did not care to be there or was not uh, interested in stepping up to the plate of what that means. Mm-hmm. And many of those people are more than good. And there is no reason to doubt that your child would be more than good if he has a similar experience. Mm. But there's also the experience that this nigga will get his shit together or at some point will uh, will do better. I wouldn't hold my breath, but it just doesn't make... I, I don't think it's fair to you for you to be like, what if I had done this or I shouldn't have done this? Or I, I just don't think that it is fair and it's going to do you any fucking justice. Your son could also reach an age uh, where if he wants to have a relationship with his father, he can seek it out, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would just give yourself a break because it's not your fault this nigga ain't shit. Yes. I think um, that's probably the best advice is to not beat yourself up about the fact that this is who you chose to father your child. I mean, I get that completely, but also... It is very frequently that um, people don't reveal themselves to be terrible parents until children are on the way. That is a hard fact. So, yeah, I don't know if you knew that about him in advance or not. But regardless of whether you feel like you made a mistake, your child deserves a good parent out of Mm -hmm. the niggas who made him. And that includes you and that other person, regardless of whether you feel like you made a mistake or not, your child deserves a better father than that. So, so I don't want you to blame yourself for the fact that he is a terrible father because it is completely under his control to be a good father and he chooses to not. So for whatever reason. Also, 
He could also have a good father that's not his biological father. I mean, that's true, too. It's plenty of stepdaddies who are out here being way better dads than the biologicals. I mean, and honestly, <laughs> there are plenty of kids out here who are better off living in a home with just their mama than with their mama on. and their biological father. So <laughs> Very specific one. Come on. <laughs> yes. So many that kids is true. who would be better off if you was gone because... Honestly, a lot of y'all who are dealing with this are also dealing with niggas who don't consistently contribute to household finances anyway. So you taking care of the majority of the finances, you doing most of the childcare, you doing most of the work of keeping the home running. So this nigga is here for what exactly? <laughs> so he's a free space to sleep and shower? Okay. Don't know. But yeah. um anyway, I think uh, Kid Fury gave you a lot of really good advice. Um, I think the only thing that I would be sure to do is to, first of all, stop beating myself up because you feeling bad about yourself does not do you or your son any good. So um, I would probably try to nip that in the bud as soon as possible and then I would make it very clear to this nigga what I expect him to do like yeah, I can't control what you do <clears throat> with your other children because those aren't my kids however when it comes to my son you will be doing this 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 and this and if you cannot manage to do that it I didn't see anywhere here in this letter where you have this nigga on child support I would make yeah. sure that he knew that if he can't be there emotionally and physically for our child, then he's for damn sure going to be there financially. And, and, and our child deserves nothing less than that. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I just feel like, you know, you said that you, you think that you're doing your child a disservice with, with ever, um, version that you choose to pursue, but really it is, his father who is doing him the disservice and it is you yeah. who is trying to make the best out of a very terrible situation so right um as long as you keep in mind what is best for your baby i think you'll be okay but at the same time don't let this nigga get away with just any old dumb shit i wouldn't block him or delete his number solely because this is my child's father but i would put this nigga on dnd &D. I mean, there you go. Meaning when you have something to say, I'll see it when the fuck I see it. I'm not going to be <laughs> alerted out of my sleep or whatever because you had something. Unless, of course, your son is with him. Then everything would be on and, and ready to ring straight through to my phone. But the times when your baby is in your custody and he got something to say, listen, I'll respond when I see it, if that. And that's all you can ask out of me. And vice versa, you know, make the best out of a terrible situation. But remember that your child deserves better than what that man is doing. And you are not in control of what he does, because if you were, he would be a good dad. Well, <laughs> so don't blame yourself for his actions. Yeah. More than no more anything. Yes. And best of luck to you and your baby Trinity. Please let us know how it goes. Um, anything else for you, friend, before we wrap it up this week? 
No, I don't think that I've got anything to add to that. Yeah. Okay. So that is the letters for this week's episode of The Read. Send yours to asktheread at gmail.com. We're going to take one more quick break and be right back. Hey guys, May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace leading virtual therapy provider is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or exhilarating. Personally, I find it to be all of these things depending on the time and time. But if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you'll gain insights and uncover truths that you can find only in therapy. Personally, I'm therapy constantly. It's one of the most important things in my life right now, to be honest with you. And it is just, it makes a difference knowing that you have someone somewhere uh, that is judgment-free, that is unbiased, that can hear you out. And it being Mental Health Awareness Month is the time, if it's been on your mind, to give it a try. Celebrate May Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking out in therapy. Talkspace is offering every listener of The Read $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. When you go to Talkspace.com slash read to match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash read to get $80 off your first month with the code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash R-E-A-D code S-P-A-C-E-8-0. Go get some help. Talk some stuff out. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so we have returned to the podcast. It is time for the read. Mm-hmm. I will start okay. by saying two things. One, um, we have been dealing with the pan-seared salmon for over a year now. And I just want to say that I don't need too much of it in my um, film and television experience. Um, I've been dealing with it in person for quite a moment. I just don't want too many more of our shows and our movies to be like the COVID experience from the ex- from the perspective of CW's The Flash. <laughs> I have not even watched that show in years, but it's the first thing that came to mind. Has the CW even been a thing in years? <laughs> I mean, I guess for somebody, it's so long. But... <laughs> I guess for somebody. I was just watching like the last drag race and it was like a whole different thing where it was just like they it just was. were going full force into how they've been doing everything um on the show through COVID and the whole shit was a different setup and by halfway through the episode I was like I don't want to watch this. Mm, like <laughs> it was yeah. like Television, film, books, games, all these mediums, like, it's an escape for a lot of us. I want to watch Drag Race and watch these queens put makeup on their face and wear a bunch of fucking insane outfits and make me laugh and make me gasp at how pretty they are and shit like that. That's what I want. I don't want for us to constantly be reminded about how awful this is. And maybe that's a little bratty and unrealistic. But I'm just like, girl, I don't want to be, I don't want it to get to a point where it's like, I, everything that I'm watching, everything that I'm reading is about like, here's how we're dealing with this shit. It's been a year. It sucks. I don't like, I just want to watch, you know, uh, the power. Why am I not naming shows I watch? (laughs) I don't watch anything. (laughs) 
I mean, I think it is. I think it's unrealistic to expect that of reality shows. Like I expect reality shows to acknowledge COVID, but I don't think it's too much to ask out of scripted programming. I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I think I just felt like because Drag Race had started the season, they mentioned it. They have done the every single runway. They've had the judges like in, in those these, little plastic, yep, you know, the plexiglass cages. So I just felt like we had already addressed the fact that the COVID thing is happening. Now on with the fucking show. But <laughs> nope, they didn't. They had no. a whole COVID episode. Nobody went home. It was just a COVID documentary. Uh, <laughs> and like nobody went home last week. But that was like a, a an entertaining a gag. Because yeah. it was one of those moments where she kept two people, which yeah. I'm glad she did. Because I actually, well, I live for Simone. Like that's my winner and was since yeah. they did a little in, like meet the cast. I've loved Simone. Um, Candy's growing on me, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to see Candy go home. I wasn't entirely shocked by that, but at the same time, it's just like, I mean, her lip sync was fully bad. This is the second time we have seen a uh, little Miss Muse though in, yeah. in the bottom. So I was just like, what's really And she sent Tamisha happening? home, which fucking pissed Listen, me off. Cause Tamisha's everybody's grandmama. <laughs> Like, everybody, literally, the thing I love about Tamisha is, like, all of the bitches from the series prior, and especially the winners, adore Tamisha. Everybody. Like, all, yep. all of the older, you know, the, the drag race mm-hmm. alum stands Tamisha down. So, she's respected. you know, she'll be fine. Yeah. And she'll probably be back for a, for a um, all-star or something. And I can't wait for that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just off the topic of that show specifically, I think I am being a bit bratty, especially in terms of reality show, but like, I just don't want it to become a thing where we're watching all of these things cover, covering COVID. Right. Like, I'm just ready to forget her. And I know that it's going to be a thing <laughs> Aren't we all? where, like, COVID's not going anywhere. It's going to be, you know, like flu too or whatever. I think at this point, we're going to just get to the best place that we can in terms of treating people with it versus it's like, remember COVID? Like, I don't know. That, that's right. just the way I see it. Um, I mean, you know, there was a Spanish flu in 1918. And then after that cleared up, they had the roaring 20s where niggas was drinking and fucking in the streets. And all that. So we're probably going to have our own Roaring Twenties. Oh. <laughs> after COVID sure. is... After COVID. It, talk, this is the next generation of baby boomers. That's going to come yeah. up in the next, like, three years or so. Y'all finna start fucking fucking, but... I told a couple of people already, like, when the streets are, like, open, open... Yeah. I'm quarantining. Because <laughs> like, it's going to be bad out there. Because y'all are going to be... Yeah, just off the... I feel like there's going to be bath salt incidents bad. again and, like, oh, yeah. all kinds of... Like, the worst of the worst. <laughs> Niggas are because, peak corny. It's going to be very bad. Um, but yeah, Lastly, I I, I want to uh, pass a read. Okay. Pass the read like we used to... I felt like my actual read was pathetic. And uh, one of y'all no. gave me a uh, God, y'all are talented. And like <laughs> love dipping into these things and reading what um y'all say. So this one uh says, please make up a name. I'm gonna call you um uh Beulah. So <laughs> 
She writes, Dear old white lady on Instagram, I woke up this morning on March 1st to share a simple message on my Instagram timeline reminding people that we should still celebrate Black history, stand with the Asian community, honor love in all its forms, and just basically continue to do the work in being good fucking people. The fact that you took time out of your day to log on to Instagram and comment under my post with a question as to why I keep spreading messages of division and excluding white people from my artwork, in parentheses, I'm a black artist slash illustrator, has me convinced I'm in the darkest timeline. First of all, don't think I didn't clock that you waited until the day after Black History Month to come at me with your white fragility on display. You hit snooze for 28 days and decided it was time to speak your truth. Don't forget it was you, Madge, that flocked to my Instagram last year to use my graphics to repost on your feeds so you wouldn't come off as racist when Black people were being slaughtered in the streets. It was you, Celeste, oh, that told me how much of what told me how much of what I had to say needed to be said. Now that you're experiencing performative allyship fatigue, you decided you just don't give a fuck anymore, huh? I do not care that you are a 70-something white woman who experienced oppression from men at work constantly. The fact that you thought to even make that apples-to-peanuts comparison shows that you have the privilege of that being your only struggle. Black and brown people are dying in the streets, Polly. Are you really out here getting pressed about why more of my black art doesn't have white faces in it? Are you really pressed that I keep calling for equal rights for people that have experienced hardships you can't even identify with just say it you're tired of pretending to be okay with black and brown people having the space to shine and be seen colonization is so deeply embedded in your nature that you're really out here trying to take a piece of the oppression pie take the whole damn thing if you're that desperate most of us are predisposed to diabetes because of y'all and can't handle the sugar anyway oh, shit. sincerely tired of the trolls <laughs> and she attached the graphic she made, which says, today we still celebrate Black history. We still honor Indigenous Go people. Off. We still stand with the Asian community. We still believe that love is love. We still strive to uplift others. And we still okay. stand against oppressive sift- oppressive symptom- systems. Words. Um, and then she <laughs> took a screenshot of this lady who looks almost like the host of The Weakest Link, that British lady. Mm-hmm. Mixed with like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ellen. <laughs> anyway, gotcha. her comment says, I follow you and enjoy your art. I am a white woman of 78 years who came from a poor family who never owned a home, felt oppression by men and in the workplace most of my life. There is more to my story, but I, I love that she said there is more to my story. Can't no, wait. there isn't, Madge. There isn't. <laughs> there really isn't. I guarantee you there's not. Can't wait. <laughs> like, and even whatever it, it is in there is not going to justify this foolishness. You're right. There's more to my story, but I ask you why you seem to continue the division by keeping, by keep white people out of your mantras and artwork. Girl, if it's one thing white what? people have, it's the nerve. <laughs> what, do, what does that say in English? What do that mean in real nigga words? Just why is it that you can't <laughs> shout out white people when you be talking about black stuff? Um, because fuck y'all. Anything else? Because we're talking about black stuff, Polly. <laughs> That's why. Why don't we talk about y'all when we talking about us? Because every other moment is about you, you stupid bitch. Do you know that the things that you're naming as your quote unquote oppression is like us two plus fifty other things a year? <laughs> like this whole you're not. You're not Oh god, white people. <laughs> like you and and the confidence. Yeah. 
the confidence to put that in a place where people could see it. <laughs> to say it like it made sense. <laughs> I'm a white woman of 78 years, clearly. Obviously. Honestly. 78 we, years of Karen. We knew you were a white woman of at least 23 years. <laughs> 78 <laughs> just drove the point home. It did. So, okay, bitch. Like, literally, this is like how come white people don't have a white history month. Mm-hmm. Because even Black History Month is White History Month, bitch. That's why. Yeah. Because even the Black history that we teach on like a nationwide level, which first of all, there's no consistent federal guidelines at all for Black History Month. But even if we had one, it's still extremely whitewashed. It's very much Coretta and Martin, which is important, but like (laughs) one fortieth of the story. So. For you to have an attitude about this, it's just (laughs) like, I feel like white people, (laughs) I miss white people who used to understand that they were seizing things from the rest of us and stood up in it. Because these white people who act like they are being persecuted, they are not it. (laughs) (laughs) At least the other white people were like, I'm poor as fuck and I have nothing, but I get to oppress you niggers. And so I'll go to sleep happy about that. You new motherfuckers are acting like something is being taken away from you the thing that blows me is it's like it is exactly what beulah whatever (laughs) it is exactly what you're saying about like the truth of the matter is you just don't like black people brown people having spaces to to uplift themselves and one another because there are no no shortage of places for you madge to go and find other white women like yourself that have been oppressed in the workplace to talk about that and share your experiences and cry together and sister of the traveling jeans or whatever so like (laughs) why come to (laughs) why come to this very clearly black space and be like "Mm, needs more white nobody needs more white nobody Nobody needs more white whites everywhere nobody needs more white even in black places, whites everywhere, girl. Nobody needs more. There, you, there's no like. It's not like you can't find some place to to for with the fellowship that it is that you're looking for. <laughs> but you want niggas to be like, oh yeah, white people, you too. Like, girl, what? No, we're not doing that. And actually, fuck you. <laughs> and really, be coming to people in their face and space. Talk about, uh, girl. So there aren't enough white people no, we're here. Not doing that. Okay, we won't be doing that. <laughs> anyways thank you for your letter sis yes thank you for that um and i love that the following letter in the inbox says lee daniels needs to go to jail immediately oh no i don't know what what? it's in reference oh god i don't know i'll read it on my own time later (laughs) i was about to say what have you seen what the fuck did the animals do to you what have you seen that we haven't seen it's something because i don't know what that's reference (laughs) to okay um, well, God bless. Can't wait to hear about that. Maybe next week. But um, <laughs> so I just have two very quick thing this things this week, and then I will be out of here. Um, first of all, it came out this week that Donald Trump and his uh breathing blow up doll Melania got the COVID nineteen vaccine before they left office in January. To which I say, yes. of course they did. Because is there anything this motherfucker does better than lie and deceit and scam? No. 
Did he tell y'all that COVID was no big deal? Yes. Did he tell y'all this time last year that COVID was going to be gone in a month and it would be like a miracle and it would just vaporize (laughs) into the atmosphere? Yes. Did this motherfucker call it a hoax and a scam from the Democrats to keep him from winning re-election? Yes, he did. Did he also catch the virus? Yes, he did. <laughs> was he also on a ventilator and shit his fucking pants? Yes, he was. Did he then turn around and get the vaccine without telling you niggas? Because telling y'all would have increased white Republican confidence in the virus and also would have increased their belief that the virus is even real. Yes. He literally protected himself. <laughs> And left the rest of y'all out there to look fucking stupid and to kill yourselves, which is what he has been doing from the very beginning. And the fact that you dumb shits keep falling for it, I don't know what else to tell you. I literally only feel sorry for people (laughs) who have to come into contact with the rest of you. I don't feel sorry for those of you who subscribe to Donald Trump and his ideologies and his practices and his entire way of being. And you insist that everybody else is lying and trying to frame him instead of the very obvious truth, which is that this dumb motherfucker is doing everything he can to make sure he stays rich. It's so obvious. I don't know how you stupid shits aren't seeing it, but y'all aren't seeing it. And so I only feel sorry for the people who are just going to work every day so that they can pay their fucking rent and keep their lights on and keep their kids fed. And they have to deal with you assholes in the meantime. Those of you who could be sitting your ass at home, who could be wearing a mask, who could be saving other people and simply choose not to, you can suck my dick. So (laughs) that obviously includes Trump and that bitch that he called a wife. Um, Also... I just want to bring up one simple thing, which is that although I don't often talk about the things that this show does right, because I choose not to acknowledge that we ever do anything right. That is my personality. It does things right. It does occasionally, friend. And one of the things that we did right was talk about one Clifford Harris, also known as T.I. Oh, God. Because at this point, like we said, when that white woman got involved, we said, oh, this ain't the end. <laughs> At this point, they have found a nigga to take up the case as well. Yeah. And um, at this point, there are four or five different states that have been put on notice by attorney Tyrone Blackburn telling them that they need to Tyrone Blackburn. That's not his name. It is. That is such like... That's his name. That is like... It's Tyrone A. Blackburn. Attorney in a drama series. Yeah. Like... And that's his name. It's Tyrone A. Blackburn. And I have a feeling the A stand for Amos. Not entirely sure. Don't quote me on that. I just have a feeling. Tyrone A. Amos Blackburn. Okay, don't Google Amos. Just put the A. But anyway, he has asked <laughs> California and George to open investigations um, because he represents 11 alleged victims of T.I. and Tiny, including such crimes as sexual abuse, kidnapping, intimidation, assault, 
um, ingestion of illegal narcotics, harassment, intimidation. It literally goes on and on. Of course, T.I. and Tiny's lawyer has um, said that they deny all these allegations, blah, 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 in the strongest possible terms. However, VH1 has suspended production on T.I. and Tiny, the family hustle. Um, at this point, Disney has also ordered the check to cease production in yep. uh, the third Ant-Man film, which apparently he is in. I never watched Ant-Man because the entire premise sounds stupid as fuck to me, but... Ant-Man's better off. I think you'd actually like it. You think I would? Yeah, it's cute. Okay, I might look at it. We'll see. I finally yeah. watched Toy Story 3. Oh, I was about to say I haven't seen that one yet. I forgot there's a four. I've seen the, the first three. Yeah, the one where but Andy like, goes to college. Yeah. Yeah. I, so that one was rough. I was holding <laughs> but, off on that one. And when I watched it, literally, it took me two days. I had to stop it. It was like 45 minutes left in the movie. And I was like, I can't emotionally handle this. Yeah, it was a lot. But I finally watched all of Toy Story 3. And it was, you know, beautiful. And I see why you niggas are still weeping over it to this day. Truly that's an incredible movie. Like that's an example of a sequel done right, a sequel that warrants the budget. In case any of you yeah. are asking for a budget that you don't deserve. But anyway. Um, so Tyrone represents eleven different alleged victims of uh TI and Tiny. Um, they're <clears throat> losing endorsements and, you know, future lined up deals and things like that left and right. Of course, the entire time they deny it, but w- getting back to my original point occasionally you and me we get it right friend we do and we got it right when we decided to shoot that sketch about ti and his unhealthy obsession with his daughter's hymen oh i forgot about that right you would because you know yeah let's be real we were high but (laughs) (laughs) the point remains that we were correct nobody who is that obsessed with their daughter virgin with their daughter's virginity while also being the type of nigga who would raise his kids to disrespect another girl sexually intimately in a relationship context in any other context you can think of we said from the very beginning that nigga cannot possibly be right with you the fact that you're so obsessed with whether this girl is a virgin to the point where you accompany her to her fucking gynecologist visits to make sure her shit is still intact, that's an unhealthy obsession. So what are you doing that makes you stress out that much about your child's timing? And I feel like now we have a possible answer to that. Do I know what happened? No. But will I be paying the fuck attention to see what unfolds in the courts and the justice system? Yes, the fuck I will. And like I have said before, like I saw, um, it's this old white lady um, on Netflix. She has a series on Netflix. What is it called? She's like a comic and a writer. She's white. She's Jewish. Fran. Fran Lebowitz. It's called Pretend oh, It's a Series. Yeah. Pretend It's a City on Netflix. It's very New York. If you don't live in New York, you might be like, why am I looking at this? And even if you don't (laughs) live in New York, you're like, I'm black. Why am I looking at this? But um, one of the things she says about like the Me Too movement and about women accusing men of different sexual crimes is that you're going to have to prove to me that she's lying. Because you know what I've been? A girl. You know what I've been? A young woman. And so you're going to, I'm sure that like, you know, if somebody has a hundred accusers, I'm sure 10 of them are not telling the gospel truth, but you're going to have to prove it to me because what I know is what it's like to be that 90. 
That's what's crazy to me about these stories, too. It's like when someone has like 50 accusers and motherfuckers be like, all of them girls can't be telling the truth. That's what they Honey, did with Bill all Cosby. All of them don't. Bill Cosby <laughs> right? had like, like 68 accusers and they were like, them hoes is lying. He was buying NBC. Girl, you realize that if, if a quarter of them are telling the truth, <laughs> that it's still a Wretched. lot. Like, if one of them was, this would still be awful. But you're like, oh, 75 women, they can't all be telling the truth. Girl, if 30 of them are, that's still insane and deplorable. Yeah, exactly. The same thing is going on right now with uh, with, uh, Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo. Oh, I just read about this And this, this whole too. thing about different aides accusing him of sexual harassment or being improper or whatever else. I 100% believe it. And you're going to have to prove to me that she's lying. Because what I know is what it's like to be a woman working in a majority male environment and having to take shit on the chin in order to continue to work. I know what it's like to have to laugh shit off, whether it's racial or sexual or or sexual orientational, whatever it is. Like I know what it's like to have to pretend that that shit don't matter so that I continue to keep my job and pay my fucking bills. So prove to me that these girls are lying and that's when I'll stop supporting them until then. Fuck you. Cause I know what it's like. So that's what T I and tiny are going to have to do to convince me that at least three of these women ain't lying. Because why do they all have eerily similar stories spread out over decades or at least a decade, like a decade, a decade plus? Why is that the case? Why are people able to say this? Why are multiple people able to tell this story about you? Prove to me that nine of them are lying. I bet you can't do that. And ask yourself why that is. Uh. That's all I'm saying, friend. I hear you. That's all I'm saying. And also, this is not related to anything else I talked about this week, but when me and Fran ended Insecurity last season at the end of season um, four of Insecure, I said that I could not imagine how we could have a season five without them talking about COVID. And now that it has been a year of COVID, I deeply hope COVID is not part of the (laughs) storyline. At first I was like, how can they not talk about it? It's changing the world. And now I'm like, please, please, please. I would love to see these niggas breathing in each other's faces. Nobody's wearing a mask. Niggas is in a ball pit. Niggas is in the park. Niggas is at the club. Please, like, (laughs) please, HBO, please pay for enough COVID tests to where I can see niggas in a massive crowd with one another because I don't want to think about it at all. Issa, I'm I begging. Think, put on her story. Like, I think she was on set and <laughs> it looked like it was crazy late, like one in the morning or something. And she was with all of, you know, the girls, Yvonne, Amanda, Natasha. But Natasha was like in a little bubble thing. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, that Amazon I don't know if that thing. was. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that was like because of the set or if like that's part of the character. I would not um, be shocked either way. I understand. Yeah, either you know way, what? I be Hold on. Wait. I'm sorry. Because now that you didn't say that, <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> like, about it. And her character right, being like, I exactly. just feel like it's time to start disinfecting myself. Like, that would actually be hilarious. A little light, like, yeah. comment. But I don't want COVID to, to like, ruin be. the last season. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, like, yes. Yeah. I think that you're you're striking what I'm trying to say. Like, 
if it and some things again yeah it would be kind of ridiculous to be like this never happened especially if it is uh you know unscripted non-scripted yeah but you know in cases like a show that i know was funny like insecure um you know or other things i could maybe see them getting away with doing a little light something i don't want to just walk back through the experience that has already been the worst for the past year right i mean or even better if she just wears it to brunch and she's just like what you mean niggas be coughing and it's like nothing to do with covid at all it's just like i'm the type of person who has this or even better better if natasha just put it on (laughs) for the picture (laughs) right like i'm saying like either way it's funny (laughs) Either way, you know, we'll see what y'all do. But yeah, I just wanted to point out that I remember clearly saying that. And then I also know now when you brought it up earlier, I was like, holy God, that is mm-hmm. that is one thing I wish I had never said out loud because <laughs> please spare me. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the stuff that's been coming out as of late, like is like the scripted stuff was already in <laughs> production while this stuff was going on which means that it was probably already written before the shit right. so like the things that could be filmed yeah. it, i'm not surprised that a lot of the stuff that has come out over the past year and some change doesn't involve it i think mm-hmm. over like the next year plus we're gonna see more covid in the things that's coming out Maybe and so. you know i'm probably speaking a little prematurely because yeah there probably will be things that will that I actually enjoy the approach to it. But I think that Drag Race episode just took me out, bitch. I was just ready to see some more. it was so much. It was so much. It was so much. Are you thinking about fucking... RuPaul's Drag Race is like campy as fuck because that's a huge part of drag. Mm -hmm. They love like dad jokes and color. It's just like... It's it's the reason I love it so much is because it's usually very lighthearted and fun and shady. And then they have these moments where the girls are doing their makeup and shit and they get deep into whatever they're going through in their life or their experiences and stuff. And they cry the makeup off and then put it back on and hit the runway. But most of the time it's very lighthearted. And that whole COVID dedicated shit was like, girl, no, (laughs) like I don't have a vaccine yet. (laughs) I haven't seen my fucking family in here. Like, just do your brows. Yeah. Mm, well, speaking of vaccines, I did get my first shot the other day. Um, yeah. Shout out to Obesity. Truly my main bitch. <laughs> um, I did not hear what you said. Because my girl came through for me in the clutch, okay? If you live in New York State and your BMI is over 30, you are eligible for the vaccine. So sign I up. I was like... <laughs> I was like, where the fuck is OB City? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you don't even know what it is. <laughs> but yes, I got my first shot. Um, I had a little soreness in my arm and then I was fine. Next shot is in three weeks and then your girl will be fully vaccinated and out here being a fat hoe. So I truly can't wait. Um, it's going to be so much fun. But also, you know, since you brought up... Um, Issa, anything you want to announce before we wrap up the show this week? No, not at all. Not particularly. I do think, though, I have heard um, that when you get the second round that you (laughs) might get sick for a day. Yeah, I've heard that a lot of people have, like, more severe 
uh, side effects after the side after the second dose. It's like oh, they feel sick for a couple of days, but my oh. my side effects were really mild. Like I literally just had the soreness in the arm for like maybe twenty four to thirty six hours, and then I was okay. So I, but I also think I had a version of coronavirus, not COVID nineteen, but I think I had a different coronavirus in summer of 2019 and i think that built up my immune system against this Mm. one i do i really think that do you remember that time i went to new orleans and i got so sick during essence and i was sick for like six weeks afterwards yeah and i did the show high that one time because i had to i took that fucking lean nigga i i went to like urgent care like three different times when i was sick and every time they ran tests on me and they were like you don't have the flu it's so weird we don't know what this is and Uh. yeah so i i really do think that that was a different coronavirus i wonder how many people probably have a similar story yeah i mean probably honestly and i mean mine was in summer of 2019 which is early but if you look at people after october or november 2019 who just randomly Mm. got super sick for like a week or so it was probably it may have been covid i won't say probably but it really may have been Mm. so um yeah there's that but since oh yeah okay since you don't have anything else to announce then i don't i will say though thank you guys for um i did read the news about avatar studios the original creators of avatar like (laughs) The original creators of Avatar The Last Airbender. Remember I was pissed at Netflix because they were like doing some shit where they were changing up the story. Yes, I remember. Like literally the next day I read that the original creators of this show have like a new studio at Nickelodeon dedicated to that franchise. And they're going to make feature films and like maybe new shows and stuff. So I was like, thank God for some form of good Because you were pissed. Like... It's like when somebody, it's like you go to the potluck and somebody brings like cornbread with corn kernels in it. It's like we had a great <laughs> thing. Do we had something that was perfectly fine. And you decided that you wanted to walk into the situation and be yes. the girl that just fucks it up. Throw some shit in there that doesn't need to be in there. It's not broke. Don't fix it. We really almost had it all. And then here you came with whole co- corn kernels. Which, mm-hmm. first of all, I know you didn't shuck those fresh. I know you, you went and got a frozen bag of them and put them in your cornbread mix, which is even more Canned. disrespectful because yeah. it was probably a box cornbread mix. So you didn't make none of this from scratch. You There was Nothing. no love put into this at all. So you, the least you could have done was kept it jiffy. But you wanted to go ahead and throw <laughs> corn in there too. Disgusting. Niggas love Jiffy because it's like a salad. it's like a cornbread pancake. Jiffy is so really sweet. Is. Niggas <laughs> love it. <laughs> it's so good. Like I'm not even gonna front. Like I will take Jiffy. But me too. Especially if you're not serving it with anything with sugar in it. I will yes. eat your t- I will, especially if it's in the little muffin tin, nigga. I will yes. fuck that Jiffy right on up. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, like. But I also love it from scratch. But anyway, <laughs> we, we could talk girls. about cornbread all night. <laughs> yes, but I mean, I can. <laughs> yeah. So let's just end it there. That wraps up this week's episode. Check us out on social media at This Is The Read. Our website is thisistheread.com. No news from me this week other than thank you so much to everybody who keeps me updated on um 
the things I absolutely would not know otherwise, because I greatly appreciate it. Um, any updates from you this week, friend, before we say goodbye? Nothing for me. Uh, stay safe out there, girls, and mm-hmm. um, keep a smile on. Eat something tasty this week, if you can. Uh, yes. Hopefully from a local restaurant. Amen. And wear your mask. All right, hoes. We will see Please. y'all. Bobby Schmurt is doing it. You have no excuse. And doing it in the club. Turning down drinks to wear his mask in the club. So y'all have no <laughs> excuse. Wear your mask. That man was like, I'm not about to come out and then die <laughs> right after. Like, like bitch, no. I stay COVID free in jail. I'm not <laughs> coming out here to fuck with you niggas. All right. No. Okay, hoes. We will see y'all next week. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.